Welcome to episode six of Deviant Discussions. I'm Jeremiah, or Jeremia, as, as I'm known on the streets. And here is uh, Nathan Yale. Nathan Yale. As, as he's known across coffee shops all across America. Pooping, right? dude. Been pooping. Been pooping. Been well, pooping. So, is that, so when you go to a coffee shop, do you give them that name? Do you say, do they like, I need a name for the order? Well, here's like, the thing. I don't go to coffee shops, but if I did. Where was it that they gave you the Nathan Yale thing? Nathan Yale was at Wendy's. My bad. It was Wendy's. That's, a, that's upsetting. I'm a Wendy's fan. Yeah. You do the breakfast. Well, I do do the breakfast. You know why? I would they like to know. Badass fucking potatoes, dude. Do they? They do. Do like what? What kind of potatoes are we talking here? They're like, wedges. What? And they're fucking immaculate. They do like potato wedges? Yes, sir. Interesting. That's crazy. I don't know any of the Go there and it will change your life. I mean, I, I eat there all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, do breakfast and get French toast sticks with potato wedges. It'll crazy. change your life. It'll change your life. Yeah, we just need Eddie Love to be here to be like, it'll change your life. <laughs> well, what, what 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 the fuck was his name was there? It was Lenny Towers, man. Lenny Towers. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'll, oh, that was a great skit, man. Yeah, thank you. I wrote that. Yeah, no. Um, Amanda and myself wrote that. That was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad just... you liked it. Everybody else hated it. You hated it in the moment. Just as a full disclosure, when we were filming that, it was the most yeah, difficult no, shoot I, we I ever was... had. Because my bald cap didn't work. His bald cap failed, and it totally fucked up his flow. It did. And it fucked up our entire shoot. I was in character. You know what? Yeah. Fucking Perla and Eddie Love killed it. Yeah, they really did. I can say Eddie Love. Is that okay? I don't think he'd mind. I don't think he would either. Motherfucker He's, sold a you know, goddamn painting to Rockefeller. That's awesome. How Good awesome is that? That's awesome. Rockefeller, dude. Yeah. Jay-Z has got Eddie Love's painting at Rockefeller. Figure that out. So, the original Legend of Zelda on the NES. Yes, sir. Speak on it. I can speak on it on this. Was I able to beat it without a guide? Absolutely not. Had I gotten very far a lot of times? Absolutely. Uh, you know what? You know the one temple? The one temple that was like the hardest to find? The one that's the... In the, the bush? Yeah. You have to burn the bush. Is that six? Six or seven? I want to say you're right. Yeah. That's the one every time. And I always got to that point. always got to the point. I couldn't find the motherfucker. I had to fucking download a... It's not even a download at that point. You had to go to the fucking... Somewhere where you can print off a game fax. Back when you were trying to do this. Yeah. You were looking for a walkthrough. And the only ones that were available was the one on GameFAQ. Yeah. Oh, okay. Literally, that's the only way I was able to do it. Nice. But I found it, and guess what? Threw the entire fucking paper away after that. I was like, oh, that's that's where it's at? Cool, guys. Yep. Tight. Yep. Chuck will tell you that he spent the the most time of his childhood just running around burning every fucking bush. <laughs> no, I was burning a lot of bushes. You gotta get apparently the special not that flame. fucking one. And you gotta get the special candle so you can burn as many bushes as you want. It's the blue one. Yeah, because that's the one that's yeah. infinite or whatever. Well, you get that in like level two. Is it? No, because yeah. you get a, no, you get a flame that's that's finite. Yeah, it's level three. It's and the then and then later you oh, get the one. red one. Yeah, and then that one yeah. you can use as many times as you want. Right. The, other the one red you one you get, you can go and just buy it. The blue one's the one that's yeah, that's it. perpetual. Yeah. Yeah, you can just keep using it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, motherfucker, I didn't know I had to go burn every goddamn bush in the game. I mean, I'll be real. Like I didn't. I thought I was doing good. Like I can get the fucking the 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 ring that makes your fucking suit white. 
at the very beginning of the goddamn game. You know what I couldn't find? That fucking goddamn bush. Yeah. No, um, I will guarantee that I used a guide when I when I beat it. Yeah, that's the only way I could. Um, funny thing about when I beat the original Legend of Zelda on the NES, I beat it on my PSP. That's the I, first time I ever beat the game, and it was like seven years ago. Oh, proud of you. Like that. Can, can I tell you when I first beat it? Seventh grade. Yeah. It was my original Nintendo, my original fucking video game. Nice. Killed the same motherfucker. Nice. Pissing me off, dude. I love that. Yeah. It's good stuff. I had, I had to send the original Nintendo in to Nintendo. They fixed it for me for 40 bucks. And I was like, I've got to beat this goddamn game. I kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. I needed that game fix, dude. That one fucking bush. Yeah, no, I definitely had to look that up. Like, I just, yeah. I just said, fuck it. Like, I'm not, at that age, I was like, you know, this was seven years ago. So I was 29 at the time. And so, I mean, it was around that age. I'm not sure it was exactly seven years ago, but <clears throat> it was about that around that time. But at that time, I didn't have the fucking time nor the patience to sit there and bounce my head against the wall. I was beating DuckTales to... too. Like I was playing fucking. I was playing everything on the. That's that's the only console I had at that time. Yeah. This the same video game that I've had since I was a kid. I was like, why the fuck can I do this? Where is it at? Right. Why can't I pass this part? I had to get a game facts, dude. Yeah, I mean, you had to you had to find out where to go next. That's the kind of the I'm stubborn that way. That's what I always liked about that game is that I remember when I did go back and play it that I was very impressed that it has so many of the core tenets of like an open world game. The way that you can kind of just you just kind of go out and do it. It's, it's really it is a masterpiece. Like even even going back and playing it, you know, like at this point, you don't. You oh, oh. I beat the okay. I beat the original Zelda right before Breath of the Wild came out. I remember now because I remember talking to somebody at work the night that you guys were at Walmart waiting for the Switch the launch, and, and yeah. getting the, the Breath the of the launch. Wild. Yeah, and I remember telling somebody I had just beaten the original Zelda for the first time. I give you a high five. Well, I mean, you already did, but yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah, but I beat the original. Well, on, I didn't know on that's my PSP. Cool, dude. On my PSP, of all things. Oh, Shigeru Miyamoto, that. I mean, I don't... I mean, sir, I have it on my shelf here. I have the original NES version on yeah, my shelf. Yeah, fuck are you. I have a very immaculately clean... Yeah. Fuck are you. You beat it on heart. your PSP? Fuck you. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I actually bought it after that. I don't think I would have bought it or been as inclined to beat it had I not played it on my PSP. So, you know, Well, that's whatever. fair enough. At the time, maybe, you know, this maybe, was, maybe he'll give you a obviously this a is this is before you know there was no means to play this in a handheld form. There it was, but I guess on the 3ds maybe. No, you you could have had it well on the 3ds for sure, but they also had it on the fucking Game Boy Advance. The original. Yep. What was was what was it? It was just a cartridge Legend of Zelda, maybe in color. The Link to the Past. No, nope. did that with the link to the past. I just don't. Know. You can look it up. It's a fact. That's crazy. I never heard. It of might that. be very rare. Yeah, because I, I remember they did the link to the past. Because I remember playing that yep. on Game Boy Advance. But on the subject of that, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Speak on it. <sighs> Here's what I can tell you. I didn't like it. I hated the Final Fantasy aspect of it where you just walk around you just get hit by bullshit. 
like where you're walking around. That shit fucking pissed me off. Going to the dungeons and shit was fine. I didn't I didn't like it with side scrolling, but I did it anyway. Um also I haven't beaten it. Last time I played it, we played it on the GameCube. It was uh the fucking disc collection. And that was the last time I played it. And it was we got the same point. I always get mad about it. Thing is Dungeon Seven. What what is it about seven? I don't know. Wait, you actually made it to Dungeon Seven in the second one? That's impressive. Yeah. Give me that credit. That's so that means you had to have made it through Death Mountain, which is the most notoriously difficult part of that game. Well, it was being friends. So maybe I didn't do it by myself, but Oh, okay. You were like tag teaming it. Yeah. Cool. Cole beat it. Colby. Cole beat it. He did it. Oh, Cole did. Yeah, Cole, he beat the whole thing. I thought you were saying Colby. Nice. Have to play yeah. What do you know? What do I about know? About the new the Star Wars Jedi Survivor series of games that have come out. I don't know a goddamn thing about them. Okay, so well you I have the fact that they're there. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a like a a Star Wars action adventure game in the vein of something like, you know, it's kind of got like a Soulsborne edge, but it's got the whole cinematic, like you can always take everything back to like the last of us, like that cinematic action. Actually think more uncharted. Think more of like, you know, globe trotting adventure or whatever, but it's Star Wars, you know, and you play as this dude, that's actually the main characters played by Cameron Monaghan, the kid from shameless. And so it's got like really cool, uh, really good lightsaber combat. That's more closer to, it's similar to like a dark soul style game where, you know, how like an Elden Ring where you're like, you go down the path and you run into like a bonfire thing or the grace point, And that serves as like a checkpoint where you can level up and all that. I'm not as it's, familiar, it's, but I'm kind it's of like, familiar. it's like, they built a star Wars game around that, that framework, but more dark soul style where it's not an open world game. It's more just like, he is no Jedi. Big, big areas, you know what I mean? Like we we're making through, but it's it's really impressive. It's like, do you remember um, the Star Wars thirteen thirteen trailer that came out forever ago? No. Okay. Well, that was a pretty revered trailer that came out. This was right before um, Lucas Arts shut down, and they had this. It was called Star Wars thirteen thirteen, and it was meant to be a Boba Fett game. And uh, it got canceled, but they had a trailer of it that was really impressive. It was like this whole shootout on this ship, and it had like really cutting edge, like next gen graphics or whatever. This game is, seems like a like an homage, not an homage, an homage, but like this is that fully realized. But they made like a Jedi. They made a you know a game about a Jedi. It's set after Order sixty six. It's like so many years after that. And what it's, was um, what was Order sixty six? Holy fucking shit, y'all! You hear this? Man, execute man, order sixty six. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. I don't know what the fuck it is. Order sixty six was the uh, code word, the order that all of the stormtroopers knew. Apparently, it was apparently some brainwashing thing they try to explain later in the books or whatever. Like order sixty six was like the code word, like the Manchurian candidate code word. But that was the order that you're acting like I should know this. Well, have you watched Star Wars? couple times okay well if you watch it a couple times you should know the order 66 is the order the emperor gives the stormtroopers to murder all the jedi well i'm not brainwashed okay whatever 
But um, so this is after <laughs> that happens. You were like a Padawan when that happens. So this is like I think like 10, 15 years later. Uh-huh. And it picks up and like the Inquisitors are going around. The Inquisitors were a big part of like I think it were bigger in the um I think Rebels introduced the Inquisitors. And that is basically during that time after the order went down, they had these like elite force user force users that were like working for Darth Vader and working for the Emperor to go around and hunt down all the Jedi across the galaxy. And you're dealing with them in this game. And the first one. And it's like, it's just really good story driven. It's a badass game. It was really impressive. Had a little bit of jank, whatever. But the sequel, Jedi Survivor. Is it pretty badass? As somebody that doesn't play Star Wars games, how how would you rate it in a scale of one from, hey, this is Rogue Squadron, or hey, this is, uh, what's that one game everybody loved that was on the Xbox? Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. What are you like? And then this is this. <clears throat> so you're like, where does this fall on a scale between like one of the most beloved uh, Star Wars games and one of the most beloved Star Wars games? Yeah, exactly. That's a that's not really much of a scale there. It's up there. I would say it's definitely one of the best Star Wars games ever made. Man, that's what they would say. Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely argue. I mean, and like they actually like the reviews that came out for the sequel, the Star Wars Jedi Survivor, were, um, you know, they they had said at least the IGN review had said, and I, I would I would agree with them that if they continue on the trajectory that they are, because they're obviously making a third one, that this might be the best Star Wars trilogy ever made. Don't tell George Lucas that. I mean, George Lucas can say whatever he wants, man. This shit's really good. Like, it's okay. Let's say, let's say, maybe not the best Star Wars trilogy ever made, but definitely the best Star Wars trilogy that's been made since the original. Well, because what's interesting is like the first one is all about the Inquisitors, and the second one kind of starts off on that path, but then goes into some like deep Star Wars lore that nobody's really touched. What's really impressive about this game was really, it's something that I thought was really cool is whenever towards the end of the PS4, not really towards the end, but somewhere in the last couple of years of the PS4 generation, they started talking about ray tracing, like real-time ray tracing being a thing. And it was like, oh, well, these next-gen consoles be able to do it. Like a lot of people doubted they would be able to do it, you know, just based on like where hardware was and like, they thought, you know, like, it, you know, and, and arguably, you know, the, the PS5 and the Series X can't do the greatest ray tracing in the world. But what was funny about it is I remember one of the first demos I saw for ray tracing was a Star Wars thing where it showed some stormtroopers like in a in a carrier. And it was like lights and reflections and you could see the lights and reflections off their helmet. And it was like a bunch of like, you know, zoomed in shots of their helmets. And you know what I mean? Just kind of like a really, yeah, yeah. a really well done little demonstration or trailer or whatever showing off what ray tracing ray trace lighting could look like and this game is fully ray traced and it has those level of reflections and that kind of lighting and it's fucking impressive as shit because you see these stormtroopers and it's like just as impressive as that tech demo that was questionable like this is the future of graphics and we're like okay this looks pretty crazy we'll see and then you know here we are there's a new star wars game and it like i've seen scenes with the stormtroopers in the thing and it looks exactly not probably not exactly because that was like probably still more path traced than what they're doing in this but it is cool that this game until just recently actually um the both the fidelity and the performance mode of this game had ray tracing 
that it was only down to a resolution. That's, that's very interesting. But what happened was that the performance mode was kind of shitty because of the the resolution degradation that it required to get the performance to actually hit 60 FPS, and it had a hard time doing I'm it. I'm talking about we're fucking with jaggies and draw distance. Well, it's like, we... even jaggies are, jaggies aren't really a problem anymore. What it is is that they'll use like um, like these uh, AI upscalers, and if the, the, the raw data, the raw resolution is still too small, like it gets too small, they can't really resolve a lot of finer details, and so shit starts to get weird. It's like, it's that's like, Something beyond jaggies. You have jaggies, and then you have like weird distortions. It's called something inclusion. I think is what it's called. Oh, you're talking about. um, Are you talking about um, character occlusion? Is that what it's called? Yeah. What that is is whenever you're like whenever say you're using screen space, anything screen space lighting, screen space reflections, and all that. What it does is it uses screen space data in order to create the reflections and things like that. And so if you have like the best example you could have is like if you have screen or space reflections on like a body of water and your character standing in front of it, you'll notice around the very borders, the very edge of the character, there's no reflection in the water. Mm-hmm. And that's due to occlusion because yeah. the character is occluding the image that it's using to create the reflection. And so the same thing can happen in lighting as well if it's using that form of lighting. Right. But that's something that you don't have to worry about with ray tracing because the rays are making those calculations regardless of what's being occluded by the character. And so there'll be reflections all the way, like and they'll be tied up against the character. And then the biggest thing you'll notice, and uh, I'm trying to think there's a particular game that I was playing that had this problem. I think it was... Uh, oh, it was... Um, it was Final Fantasy 16 because that game doesn't use ray trace reflections. I don't think it uses any form of ray tracing. Though they said that the lighting is so good that it made them wonder if they were using ray tracing for the lighting, but they don't know because Square Enix is using their own proprietary engine on that and they haven't been very forthcoming with what they're doing tech-wise. But uh, they are using screen space reflections and it, you'll do the thing where when you're looking at the body of water and there's like, say there's like a tower on the other side of a lake and you're looking at the tower and you look at the reflection, the very top of the tower in the reflection will be gone because it can only, it's being occluded by how much information is in mm-hmm. the screen. And so, and then if you pan your camera down, it will actually follow, the reflection will erase itself as you pan the screen down. And that's just a product of screen space reflections. You can fix that by having like cube maps and things like that. Because cube maps are um, where just like a, a artist will go in, say there's like a puddle. You know what I mean? And they're wanting to put a reflection in there. Mm. An artist will go in there and they will take and create like a like a box, like a low rendered version of that area and then create the reflection inside of that puddle. Mm-hmm. And like that's a very, that's a, it's, it can create, you can still have errors. You can still have like things that don't quite line up correctly when you do that. But it's ultimately up to how well the artist does when they do that. But you can imagine the amount of work that would take to make like some crazy open world game or these extremely vibrant, like detailed environments because somebody's got to go through and every reflection that you can see, they have to go in and put cube maps or you use screen space reflections and it has the shortcomings that I just described. Correct. Or now we can use ray trace lighting and we don't have that problem. Issue being is that, you know, hardware limitations. Once again, why I want that PS4 Pro. So if it can just do the or I'm sorry, the PS5 Pro, and and then it will have, you know, ideally less compromises. We can have the fidelity mode with the full ray tracing at 60 FPS and all that. I don't think it's going to, like, 
we'll see. I don't think there's going to be a lot of games that have like better ray tracing than others. Like I don't see like whatever game there has to there has to be a standard. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they'll take the time to have like a better ray tracing implementation on like a PS5 Pro version of a game. But I can definitely say see them using like the fidelity mode, putting that at 60 FPS. And just, you know, letting you go wild with it. Or do your performance mode at like a real 120 hertz and maybe just get a higher resolution out of it at 120 hertz and actually hit it. Because there's very few games that actually hit 120 hertz on the PS5. You know what I mean? Like, even if they. I I don't know what you mean. Because here's what I did the other day. Remember when we had that conversation about, uh, we were talking about um tvs and all this shit and i was like i think mine can do that and it could do this or it could do that guess what it can't do any of that shit i went to all the settings i was like i can make it look really fucking good but that's just not there that's all like enhancement by like whatever processors in there or whatever i don't know yeah yeah it probably does um but it's not doing some sort of form of um like artificial smoothing or whatever that can make things look where it looks like the soap opera effect or whatever. Yeah. I used to have a TV that did that shit. My uh my LG did that shit. I didn't like it. Well, I don't I've never I don't, been a fan. I don't use it on anything at all. I just checked it out. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's art, it's artificial. Yeah. And I imagine I imagine if you use it in a video game that it would probably create weird artifacting and things well, like that. Well, I haven't tried the gaming mode on it. I need to figure that. I need to figure that out because I haven't done that. But uh, what I have done is the we were talking about the local dimming shit. That shit looks fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I turned that off on everything because I was like, yeah, "This is fucking stupid." No, it looks great. Yeah, because you didn't know what local dimming meant. You thought it was the backlight. Yeah, thought it was like an auto backlight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's kind of a game changer, isn't it? Pretty badass. Yeah, that's kind of like there's no yeah, like having an LCD TV that doesn't have it local dimming kind of sucks dick, you know. Unless you just like yeah, like you have an OLED, you don't have to worry about that, right? You know, no problems. Right. Well, the the OLED I did have prior to this, the one that I got uh, at Grant's house, it had like all these fucking other fucking. I think that's where I'm thinking about all the other fucking features that I was talking about earlier because I went through there and I did a bunch of shit with that when I was playing um, Breath of the Wild on it. And it looks fucking great. Yeah, I bet. Because, like, when you get stuff like that, like, I've said this before and I'll say it again. When you get true blacks, it makes your color saturation pop so mm-hmm. much more significant. Well, I had to fucking, like, dull shit down, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I've um I've been using the uh, whatever the local dimming feature on this, and it's been like I forget what game I was playing, but I was like, God damn, it's dark right now. <laughs> like I was like, I can't see shit. Like Dragon's Dogma? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Dragon's Dogma. No, I'm not playing that. I'll, I'll I'm I'm just gonna go into the second one. I'm not gonna. I forget. I think it might have been. Uh, it was either I think it it was either the la- it was the Last of Us. That's what it was. It was the Last of Us Part One. Like when you get down into where you first just anywhere, man. You could be like spores. You could be standing outside and look at like a doorway that's like open door. And if it's like dark inside that room, it's like dark as fuck. And then once you walk in, it has that transition where your right. eyes adjust right. and it's like, oh, I can see. But it's just like 
it's black. Because they want you to be like, yeah, I don't want to go in that motherfucker. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole artistic intent thing. What's an interesting fact is that um, I was watching um, a Digital Foundry video talking about that whole issue about how there's an entire generational gap where they stopped using lighting and, and scary games yeah. because of LCD TVs. Because whenever we got away from CRTs, we lost that perfect contrast. You know what I mean? Because on a CRT TV, you still get that perfect contrast. Whereas on an LCD, all you see is backlight. And so if you have like a game, like for example, uh, Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay and it, or Splinter Cell or any of these games Splinter like Cell, Splinter can, Cell, Escape from Butcher Bay, um, oh, there was another big one. Oh, Doom 3. Like games like that, they were really built on the lighting and it was all about like having these environments that were so dark you couldn't see but they they turned I'm away Sam from that. Fisher. They turned away from that during the 360 PS3 generation because all of a sudden everybody started getting these LCD TVs, and you can't get those true blacks of LCD TVs. It looks like shit. Well, Splinter Cell went so, really action at that point. Exactly yeah. because it just kind of it killed the it killed that whole like dark simulation thing because you know Chronicles of Riddick was one of those games where you literally you could shoot a light out and you had to like because I don't know if you're familiar with Riddick from the movies, but he has I'm the ability familiar. to see in the dark. Well, you don't have, this is how he, you, it tells in that game how he got that ability. And so in the beginning of the game, for like the first half of the game, you don't have that ability. And so when you're like, black as when fuck. you shoot out all the lights and you're hiding in the dark, like you can't see shit. And it's like a, it's a big part of the gameplay because then eventually you get the ability to see in the dark and now you can shoot out all the lights and you can actually see, you know what I mean? So it's like gameplay elements like that. It's just interesting that it's an entire form of game development or a style of game that we're just now getting back to where they're just now starting to do games that are using lighting like that because they understand that a lot of people do have things like local dimming or they have OLEDs, you know what I mean? And they can start to actually lean on that again. But at that time, yeah. they couldn't because, like I said, predominantly people had LCD monitors and they've notoriously always sucked when it comes to contrast. And so we're finally getting to that point now where we're getting the contrast back that we had back in the fucking 90s. You know what I mean? That we just don't have anymore because... Well, of I was trying to remember because I, I beat Splinter Cell on a tube television. Yeah. Uh, the first one. But when I went into the second one and the third one, I was in California at Cooley's place. I think I played that on a fucking probably LCD. But I didn't... Honestly, like... It was good enough because you can control the contrast. It was good enough to where I guess I didn't notice it. Yeah, or you just didn't. I mean, it's one of those like situations if you don't have like a one to one comparison. That was the thing, man. Is like we were all in this whole. You're talking about going from like a tube TV to like a flat screen LCD. Like, I wasn't we, like, oh, this flat screen LCD is the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I just feel like everybody was just so intrigued by the fact that it was a flat screen. No, and they were widescreen, which was a whole new concept. We didn't. It was have cool. It was a big TV. ass. It was cool as a big having a TV. 16 by 9 aspect ratio TV was like a whole new concept then. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I'm like that TV. I, I have I have mean. a CRT TV that's flat screen, but it's a flat screen CRT TV, but the borders on the image are actually distorted. Yeah, it's so it's like you have a choice, it can either be curved and be normal and like fit the edges, or it can be like mildly, you know, distorted on the, on the corners on the edges and be flat and that's the way my tv is but I'm, I'm happy with it i mean if i had to like if i wanted to like if i was to go out and be like i need to get a crt tv that's like an enthusiast one you want like a sony trinitron 
that's that's, that's the gold standard. That is the gold standard. I've but I mean, I have now. like you know, it's a fucking it's it's just a Memorex. I wish it doesn't have component, which I wish I had like a, a CRT that had component. There yeah. are there are HD uh, CRTs. They do exist. Like that would be fucking cool. I have I have component cables for that. For what? For the HD CRT. What do you mean? You have component cables for it? Well, so for the the GameCube, the SNES, and the Nintendo sixty four all use the same back plug, right? Yeah. Okay. So you have the um the component cables for the GameCube? Well, it's the fucking HD component cables. That's what I have. Yeah, that's what component cables are. Yeah, they were like fucking 40 bucks at the time or 50 bucks, I can't remember. Yeah, now they're like 300. Are they? The GameCube component cables? Yeah. That we were talking about? Yeah. Yes, those are expensive as shit. Oh, fuck, I can sell them? They're like hundreds of dollars, yes. Hell yeah. I don't know where they're at now, but like they were like uh, they were like $300 like four years ago. That's the most expensive thing I have in my... I mean, no, they really are. That's like, I mean, they might have went down because people are, a lot of people are doing the GameCube HDMI mods and stuff like yeah. that. And then whenever the Wii U came along, once you could hack the Wii U and then put GameCube ROMs on that, it kind of undervalued it a little bit for me too. But like, there's no way to play a Wii. The, the Wii was actually, that's, I'm totally full of shit. The Wii undervalued it because the Wii has component cables for the Wii are not that expensive. And if you have a Wii that has GameCube ports, right. you can just play them for that. But to have a GameCube with component cables, yeah, they're like three hundred dollars. That's dope. That was that was years ago, so it's probably went up since then. To be honest, like they're extremely desirable. That might be because, the most expensive because thing I own. And what's I don't interesting know why about those? Com- the reason that they are so uh, rare and expensive is that because they they were only made by Nintendo, and it's a proprietary chip. Yep. That's in the cable that apparently they can't replicate for some fucking reason. And so the only way you can have them is if you bought them from Nintendo. That's badass. And then, yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing to have, man. Especially because, I mean, the thing is, um, you run into the issue now, like a lot of HDMI t- or HD TVs don't have component input. That's true, too. I don't think if you bought a new 4K TV that it would have component. It'll have the AV still and a coax for your yeah. antenna, but it won't have a component because I'm pretty sure my TV doesn't have component. Because wild, yeah. Because I wanted to hook my. I have component cables for my Xbox, but I don't have component inputs on my 4K TV. You just blew my mind. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, I I didn't know it was that rare of thing. I just no, those are absolutely rare. The rare as fuck. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, once again, dude. This is why me guys. This is why I don't mind spending five hundred dollars on a RetroTink 4K. Fair enough. Because it's not only just a, an HDMI output for my, because I can just take an AV, it, it upscales it to a 4K image, and it is good. It looks really fucking good. In fact, uh, Linus Tech Tips just did a video on it. I do like Linus Tech and, Tips. And um, he did a whole video on the RetroTink, and he's like very impressed by it. It's very, it's very badass. So, yeah, no, I'm all into it. I'm totally into it. Because, I again, like if I, because, I mean, dude, like, before the retro tink stuff like that, like the last retro tink was okay, and then apparently the retro tink 4K is like really badass. But like for an upscaler that is that capable, I mean, you're talking about over a grand easily. Like these are not like these are custom made products. These are not. Oh, that's, these, that, 
These are not mass manufactured things. You know what I mean? It's like, they only make so many of them. You know what I mean? They're like, look, we made a thousand of them or whatever. That's all we're fucking making. And they, Retro Tink is a big enough market where they're, I think they'll, they'll sell more than that. But like, like a lot of these little upscalers and shit that you buy, these are like handmade. Is is Retro Tink the same company that would take your GameCube and fucking put an HDMI port in it? It's very possible. I'm not sure. Yeah. I know there's a few companies that do that. I saw one the other day that it was like, um, it was for your PS2. Okay. If you have a PS2 fat, you can send it to them and they would hack it. And then you could put like a hard drive in it. And the one they showed in the video, I saw the dude put a two terabyte hard drive into the PS2 and then flashed the firmware and did all the things. And, and so he just loaded it down with a shitload of games and then just pretty much had every game on the PS2. And still had like yeah. two terabytes left. Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. Well, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's like fucking 8,000 games or some shit on the PS2. Yeah, but PS2 games aren't that big. Though they're DVDs, so that's an eight gigabyte file. Yeah. And some of them are dual layer DVDs, which is a 16. That's fair. Yeah, that shit adds up, man. A lot of them weren't that big. But I mean, yeah, that's very true too. But I mean, you know, but I was saying, like if you average your games are averaging half a gigabyte and there's 8,000 of them. Well, he's got a terabyte left at yeah, least. Yeah, for sure, probably. But I, what I think is interesting about that is that like people are like, oh man, that's so neat, you can do that. And it's like, dude, you could do that shit with the original Xbox. Oh, Back absolutely. in the day. Absolutely. Like, back in the that, day. Like, and still to this day, like I see videos where like Xbox, is it like, a good contender for console in 2024 or whatever the fuck they say. It's like, a yeah, good, you can hack the shit out of it. It's a good emulator machine. Yeah, exactly. Badass at emulating yeah. games. And, you know, it's a good for, and it also, it, and the thing that's cool about it too is that it has, it supports HD, like out the box. I think if you're talking about like best consoles to own to be able to hack. I would Wii it. Yeah, the Wii. Honestly, now the Wii U. Well, I'm not going to hack. Well, I can't hack my Wii because I don't fucking have it. You know what's crazy? Oh, fuck. I just remembered this. Mm. So, so, all right. You'll know mm. this. this is some like local shit. So, there's a local musician that's from around here. His name is Sean James. And, Never uh, met him before. Uh, I've met him a few times. Never uh, met him before. No, I've met him more times. about him. But I remember whenever the first Last of Us tr- 2 Part 2 trailer came out, Ellie was singing his song. And then when the game came out, he wasn't, his song wasn't in the game. It is. It is in the game. They put it in? No, they didn't put it in later. It's there the whole time. You just didn't hear it. Oh, fucking it. So I was playing it with a 3D Pulse headset on when I was playing through it earlier. Like when I said I jumped through, I played through, like, we'll get into this here in a second. But um, I was talking about how I was playing Last of Us Part 1. I rolled right into 2. The scene in The Last of Us Part 2, in the beginning of the game, when Joel comes into the room to te- to show Ellie the guitar. Mm-hmm. When she's listening to her headphones, that's what she's listening to on the oh, headphones. Oh fucking a! Yeah, like, I heard that. I was like, "That's that song." Fuck I was like, "Holy a. shit!" You just can't hear it. So you know, I was talking shit earlier about how I didn't know Sean James, right? Yeah, I take it you know him well. Not very well, but I know him kind of well. Yeah, I know him well enough to whenever prior to he didn't know what Sony licensed the song for, he thought it was going to be Days Gone. Oh, nice. And then I I saw when they when they played the trailer, I was like holy shit yeah that's pretty cool no it's really cool and then i was just really surprised because i thought you know based on that scene we all assumed that was a cut scene within the game but it wasn't it was just a teaser thing Mm -hmm. but you know i was like oh okay well this isn't because i was expecting because there's so many points in that game where she picks up a guitar 
Yeah. And then she'll sing a song. Like she does the take on me part. Mm -hmm. And like, there's another part, I think I forget what she plays. Or she's playing to, uh, what's her name? Yeah. When she, whenever you, yeah. You, yeah. So you go to the music store yeah. and like the first in the beginning of the game on Seattle yeah. day one. And like, yeah, I did that part just recently, but I was expecting there to be a moment like that. And it was going to be that song. And it was going to be, my thought was, and I think this is the angle they were going for, but they end up cutting it probably if I had to guess is that because Ellie talks about writing her own music mm -hmm. in the game. And I felt like that was going to be one of her original songs. You know what I mean? Melvin type. But they didn't do that. But then in that scene again, whenever, but I didn't hear it because the first time I played, I was just playing through. My I didn't know. Scenario. I didn't know that. That's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. And like last, the, the like, I think it was last night or the night before I was playing through that part and I was like, holy fuck, that's that song. Like it's, I forget the name. I just remember the lyrics. But anyways, that's enough of our fucking nonsense chit chatting about random shit. You mean all the cool shit that we're talking about? All that cool shit. That's all we talk about is the coolest of shit. I didn't hate it, man. I think it was very liberating. I feel liberated as well. I feel like I could go out and just be a better person. <laughs> like full on liberation. We all should be better people. Libertalia. Damn the man saved the empire. You know, it's fine and interesting. I've been hearing a lot more uh, Empire Records references lately. I, I have not. Thing. It's like, what? All of a sudden people remember this movie? Did you know that the Lemmy is God thing came from that movie? I did not. That is, no, no, I'm sorry. That's Airheads. I'm bad. I, I, Airheads. I did, I did Airheads. Airheads. Yeah, and Airheads. That's what it is because Steve Buscemi is the one that started the Lemmy is God thing. I think it might have been a thing before. That was just like a joke that people had because this is before memes and shit. That's true. But in Airheads, they're at the door and they're like questioning the cop that's trying yeah. to be all cool and be their buddy. And he was all like, like, what does he say? Lemmy Something is like, God. Who's more powerful, Lemmy or God? And the guy is like, Lemmy. And he's like, wrong. It's a trick question. Lemmy is God. Yeah. And like, that was the whole thing. And I think that's what started the whole Lemmy is God thing. I hope so. Like, I just love, I love the idea that of all people in the world is Steve Buscemi. Oh, absolutely. That dude's a goddamn a national treasure. We need to protect that man at all costs. We're talking about a man that quit acting after 9-11 and went back to being a volunteer fire to fireman. Like, that's crazy. You're talking about a fucking, like, a very, this was like 2001. This is after Airheads, obviously. That movie came out in the mid-90s. Yeah, that was the pinnacle of his career. I mean, yeah. At the, I mean, he was definitely at the... That was... Uh, yeah, because that was right after Armageddon. And, like, Armageddon was, like... That was when it was, like, Steve Buscemi was, like, on the fucking Con Air. He was in Con Air's the creepy fucking yeah, rapist. Yeah, as a pedophile or whatever that apparently gets to rape once again. Because well, there's that whole we're, weird We were scene. all rooting for it, weren't we? Isn't that fucked up? Like, I've watched that movie, and that movie does not age well. That whole scene with him and the little girl in the yard, like, what the fuck is going on? Holy shit. But anyways. Hollywood just giving it to us. Thank you, Epstein. Ep yeah, right. That was, like, the whole, like, there. you see that now where people are making yeah. all these, like, calf, like, jokes to, like, Harvey Weinstein about how, you know, he'll get you. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? I love it. Have you ever heard Quentin Tarantino asked about Harvey Weinstein? I, I, I have. He gets really uncomfortable really quick. He's like, you, you act like we fucking knew what this guy was up to. Like, yeah. it's just like, he gets all fucking irate about it. He's well, like, you, God damn it. To the same token, say you can hear Kevin Smith talk about it. He's like, yeah, well, I didn't know that shit was going on. And fuck that asshole. Well, this, no, but Kevin Smith is like, yeah, I had my own problems with Harvey Weinstein. That yeah. had nothing to do with the rape thing, but that just makes sense to me because he's a fucking douchebag. Yeah. But yeah. But also, he owns fucking Dogma, so get the fuck out of here. It's crazy when you see these, like, 
lists of like actors that are Scientologists. And you're like, wait, no, not him. Like Jason Lee. That's a whole fucking. Isn't that crazy? That's a whole ass thing too. But he's also like, he was a skateboarder, right? Yeah. Well, that was, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was, he was a prior. professional. Yeah. He was. Yeah. And then uh, he was in fucking Mall Rats and all that fucking shit. Yeah. So recently, Kevin Smith had him out to the Smond Castle and they did a whole fucking thing. And yeah, he's, still, he, he's still down to earth. He lives in Texas or some shit. I mean, he was in, um, what was it, the last one he made? Clerks 3. Yeah, he, he, they, they brought Brody Man back for sure. But um, no, they, they, they took him out there or whatever, like. To get him in, to get him into, no, it wasn't Clerks Three. It was uh, James Holland Bob reboot. Yeah, he's in Clerks Three though too. I don't recall that. I'm pretty sure he shows up to talk shit like he always does in those movies. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, because he's, he's that asshole. Affleck was in there too. Yeah, because he's the asshole that shows up. Yeah, and like, or maybe it was the audition part because they did yeah. have that's where Affleck yeah. Affleck showed up was the audition part. Yeah. But remember, that's the that dude's recurring character in Clerks was that he's the guy that comes up there just basically just to be a dick to them because they're failures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this thing. I don't know if it's the same character. That's what confuses me the whole. Well, it depends on where we thing. at. Yeah, because is that Brody? It sh- it should have been Brody, man. Because bro- okay, so okay, so we go down the thing because Brody is not the same character as the chasing Amy dude that he played. correct. But they both exist in that universe. Yes. So is it Brody or the chasing Amy dude that goes in there and talks shit to? It's the chasing uh, Amy dude for sure. So it's the one, the comic dude. Yeah, the guy that makes the comics that goes in there and shits on them. Yeah, he he was uh, what's the fuck's his name? Uh, Brody Man was the guy that was in Mallrats, right? Yeah, and then like, he shows up. Brody's in uh, Jay and Silent Bob too because they go to the mall. Yeah, and it's like a whole thing where the mall's gone. He owns like, the shop and shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to think really hard to figure out that character. Uh, I guess I just need to watch it again, like look yeah, at the, I think the, the, the cast I and just try to put it thing. together. Yeah, because it's been forever. But, but no, that they had him out there, and that was the thing because he is a Scientologist. That's the whole fucking thing behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he was on the podcast. Whatever, what happened? What did they they call him? So he was just down to earth. He was normal. Cause yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, dude, like, but yeah, I'm a Scientologist. Whatever. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to me because. The way that Scientologists—it's so weird, man. It's that they that, actually believe this shit. That's what I'm saying. It's like they actually believe this shit, and then they're also capable of being completely normal about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like no, I don't know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? It's like to mean. have such an eccentric belief, yeah. and then just be like totally down to earth. Well, like you guys believe in Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like, you know, like you could excuse that because of the the, the depth of the religious doctrine right. that exists. Yeah. But you're talking about some shit that was made up like, who was it? I forget. L. Ron Hubbard. But I know, I know it's L. Ron Hubbard, but I forget who it is that talks about L. Ron Hubbard. I think it's a, it's a comedian and his whole bit is like, I think it's either, it's not Dave Chappelle, it might be Joe Rogan. I think it's Joe Rogan. It might be Joe Rogan. It has a whole bit about how like Scientologists, like not, like L. Ron Hubbard is not only a guy that like was known for writing nonfiction, but he wrote more nonfiction shit than like anybody in existence. Like he never wrote, it's like, I forget his whole thing. He's like, this motherfucker never wrote a second draft in his life. Like he just fucking, and it's like, that's the guy. That's the guy. He's just throwing shit at the wall and they're just like, okay, we'll take that. We'll take that. 
We'll take that. We'll take this. And then, right, boom, we got a religion. That's a religion, baby. L. Ron Hubbard and his little fucking sailor outfit and shit. They got that picture of him. He looks like the the, the steamboat captain from The Simpsons. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know exactly, That's exactly what, talking what he looks like. <laughs> oh, shit. Go Scientology. You guys, hey, keep, you know what? Keep up the good work. Hey, hey you know what? Fuck Leah Remini. Don't let that bitch keep you down, guys. It's saving you on taxes, but how much are you paying into the church? Right. It's got to uh, be. By life. the way, just to state it, Ben Affleck, you were the bomb in uh, Phantoms, Phantoms, yeah. Bro. Bomb and Phantoms. True. <laughs> True shit. I've never seen Phantoms. I never have either. I haven't either. I always wanted to watch I it that after a lot. That. I've just, ever since I heard that, I'm like, maybe I should go back and watch Phantoms because you see it. It's like, it's some kind of weird horror movie. It's like that era of like the Final Destination, those kind of like, I know what you did last summer, where I remember the box and it's like him and three other people. You know, you know what they the did say, Affleck? You were the bomb and Jersey Girl, dog. Right. Or you were the bomb and Geely, dude. No, Jersey Girl wasn't bad. I, I never seen either of them. Uh, Because Jer Jersey Girl was Kevin Smith's movie. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, so was Geely. No, it wasn't. No, Geely was Ben Affleck's movie. He uh, made it with Jennifer oh, Lopez. Right. Yeah. And it was like, right. the reason that went to shit is because they were like propping it up because it was yeah. the whole Benifer era where it was the whole Jennifer Lopez thing. Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Yeah, and so they made you know, burrito, burrito. Yeah, and so it was like, oh my god, you know, the the you know, Benefer's making a movie together, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's gonna be this love story, it's gonna be the shit, because they're the two coolest motherfuckers in the world, and it was just terrible. It was like really bad. Didn't they have like really bad like Boston accents or some shit? I don't movie? I have no idea. I think idea. that's what everybody was like, what the fuck? They're just like they just had like they were just big, talking normally. Like maybe maybe that's what it was. They were like well, everybody isn't acting yeah, exactly. This isn't acting, dude. I'll never forget, man. Like I, you know, I, you know, you said first movie you ever watched in theaters, Armageddon. That's a fact. Fair enough. Props to you and that. That's a good. I never got to tell you what my first movie in theaters was. I just remember. I didn't this. ask either. You know what my first movie was in the movies? What was it a goofy movie? Oh no way! And we went and saw it on a field trip at school. Wow. Yep. Yeah. My yeah. was not. Who's your favorite possum? Okay. Possum. Yeah, the possum whatever the possum posse. Chester's possum. Yep. possum. I don't remember the song. I just yeah. remember being like, who's your yeah. favorite possum? Yeah. I just remember that stupid and That shit. fucking little. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Yeah. And they had fucking Polly Shore was his best yeah. friend. He's like the leaning tower, tower of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. That's, we had a, we took a field cool. trip in elementary school. When I went to, I think it was when I was in Holcomb. That's wild. You know the second movie I ever saw in theaters? Oh. Good Burger. Fair enough. I didn't watch that until, I need to watch the sequel. Well, I haven't seen the sequel, but it's I saw on, it. It's out. It's been out for It a was a, the reason why I said that is because you were telling me it was a, a school field trip and shit. It's kind of how this was, except for it was for poor people. We were at the youth center. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was like $2 fucking movie day, and I guess they had enough money to pay for all of us bastard children to go yeah. watch this movie. You just had to force me to reflect to make sure that it wasn't a poor people thing. I'm like, no. Yeah. Pretty sure the rest of my class was there too. It wasn't just the poor yeah. kids. Thing. Well, I was the poor kid. No, I was too. And and the movie, the cut out in the middle of it. And I was like, oh man. And nobody, like we couldn't do anything because we're poor. Wait, the movie cut out yeah. in the middle of it? Yeah. And they were just like, sorry, fuck you kids. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. This out. is, uh, you know, this is the shitty part about being poor. Yeah. Sometimes the movie's going to quit halfway in between, yeah. and it's just going to be a bad time. I don't even know if it's a good burger or not. I just love it that they like, it's like, 
They're just teaching you children at a young age. Life's going to fuck you guys. You're going to think things are good. You're going to have like happiness in your heart, but you're not those kids. Yeah. This is your life. That's exactly what it was. That's pretty dark. That's exactly what it was. We're just like, God damn, man. Remember when I was looking for something that was Call of Duty, but not Call of Duty? Yeah. And we just found that and I was like, hell yeah. That shit's fun as fuck. We didn't just find it. It was in the Game Awards. We watched oh, yeah. the trailer about it. We just and we found it. About it, and it, they were it, like, it showed it. They were like, it's me. out. It's out today. It was on. It? it was on the higher frequency, baby. Yeah. No, but I mean, what I will that game. I mean, give them credit where credit's due. Like I saw the trailer and I was like, huh, looks fun. That's neat. We're finally getting, and I've made this point before. We're talking about like using, um, like having physics be a big part of yes. games. And how that kind of yes. died out due to the CPU limitations. And now we're getting like these physics simulations of like destructible environments and stuff like that that aren't fake. I mean, do we go back? Like, it's so funny to me just due to the like the differences between a console and a PC that, you know, we had games like Red Faction on the PC back in the fucking 90s. I guess it was like 2000s. It wasn't the 90s. Ish. It was, it was Ish. in the early Ish. 2000s. And that game had completely Ish. destructible environments that people are talking about this new uh this new finals game as if it is like a like a red faction spiritual successor type game yeah you can call that but it has better destruction obviously than than they ever have and like they haven't they haven't had a game with that kind of i mean they have i mean there's like red faction gorilla and there's battlefield but even battlefield the destruction in those games is like still like canned animation it is it's not like i mean there's some physics simulation but mostly it's like you shoot the building or whatever long enough, and then the, it has an animation of it collapsing. Right. Whereas this game, you can literally break down a retaining wall, and the thing will fucking tip over. The safe and shit will just come right down. Yeah, that's a whole fun thing, too. Yeah. I love that. When you're just like, fuck you, it's mine now. Yeah. You just take it from the... Yeah. Uh, you remember when... Remember I, yeah, I did that. Remember? Because I was like... There was you were like, me. why didn't you just do that? And I'm like, uh, I was like, god damn, I didn't I went in there, and that. I was like... And it pissed me off, because I'm like, I can't figure out how to get upstairs. I'm like, well, fuck it. It's right there. Well, they had like eight dudes up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that one time we were playing yeah. that match. But I was just saying that one time, I was trying to get to that third floor or whatever to get uh, to the safe, oh, and yeah, I was like, yeah, you know yeah. fuck this. Just blew the wall, the ceiling. You know what? And just like, we can oh, do this, right? Pop, I know pop, how to get pop, to the pop, second pop. floor, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know about the third one. Yeah. The finals is a good game. That's how you know Jeremiah's a smart motherfucker. He was thinking logically there. I mean, I just you know tried to use the the tools that were there. But. Yeah. So um, let's go into our first topic here. Um, just kind of get this out the way. The Xbox Insider Direct, which I know that Nathaniel. <sighs> give two fucking shit i'm giving you a big sigh right here he's gonna give me the big sigh but i mean i give a shit because here's what i can say there was some really cool looking fucking games yeah there was the fact that it's i'm just god damn it dude yeah let's go into the first one all right let's talk about it avowed Avowed. developed by obsidian studios yes quite possibly the greatest rpg creators of our generation fallout new vegas yes what else they do um, they've done fuck Outer Worlds, The Pillars of Eternity. Yeah, I knew you'd know. Um, fuck, dude, there's so many Obsidian RPGs. They did, yep. they did the fractured or not fractured butthole. They did um Stick of Truth. Oh, fuck yeah, they did the Stick of Truth. Stick like of they're truth. just notorious for making badass RPGs, man. Like they're like the CRPG kings, and then Bethesda came along. They did the the new Fallout thing, and then they handed it off. They gave them like they got the license to do New Vegas. They did it with that same engine and that style, and it was like, fuck yeah. And then they went off to make The Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds was a game that came out last generation. There's a current generation version of it, and it's basically like um, 
it's like their kind of spin on a fallout but it's not it's more sci-fi it's like it's like futurist sci-fi like corporatism where it's all about like these corporate entities that have went out and like colonized space so it's all about the corpse you know what i mean so it has that it has that kind of special uh like flair that we like that fallout that. have we you like know what i mean that. That's the it gives it gives a little bit of com- comedic styling and stuff like that, but it's still really really well done game. Like I remember really enjoying the companion missions and stuff like that, and the story, the narrative. It's a shorter game. They said it was going to be a shorter game. Um, Avowed seems to be going down that same vein. That, what, do you, what do you mean same vein? That it's not. They're they've been pretty open about. It's going to be shorter. That it's not intended to be like a Skyrim. It looks like five hundred fucking hour RPG. Right. It's more of a story driven RPG, akin to something like The Outer Wilds. You probably get like fifty hours out of it, you know, and then you got multiple playthroughs. More than enough. And then yeah, but the idea is they want to have a more bespoke story without just having like, oh, here's an entire you know mages guild and this guild and that guild that are just as big as random people are just going to come up to you and give you all these side quests. yeah like all of the quests are more bespoke side quests and in a made through line that has a main story narrative that they're trying to pull you through i'm down i mean and i give it like i'm down with that also in the fact that yeah i would rather have that than have to wait another three years for this fucking game to come out you know what i mean that's the unfortunate truth how long have been how long have they been talking about this game uh, they announced this game. They showed the cinematic uh, teaser trailer on the, I think when they announced the Series X. It was like in there. And you're initial. saying there was some. Well, yeah, people were, uh, yeah, the controversy by the whole Controversy, thing that, yeah. Well, they had the teaser trailer that came out like around the launch of the Series X or when they announced it. And then uh, they finally released a gameplay trailer, like I want to say like eight months ago. I'm like saying, that. oh, the art style changed. And they, yeah, the, the art style had changed pretty significantly because the trailer that they showed before was like very much grounded, realistic art style. And then this one has much more of a fantasy, typical art style. But it still looks beautiful. Like the graphics look good. I can I can say that for, I, I watched yeah. it and then I was like, yeah, that's fucking cool. No, it looks really cool. I will say the the most recent trailer in the in the Insider Direct was, you know, I've heard this comparison. This is not an original thought, but I've heard this comparison made a few times that it does make it kind of come off like a VR game. Uh, kind of did say that earlier because like, and it's just due to the way that they did the the demo or the trailer because they're showing off the different builds that you can do, but you they're think, doing it. You think they're going to hit Meta Quest with it? No, I don't think so. No. Why I don't know why they would. I mean, maybe I don't, I just don't see it. I mean, my whole thing with that is that I don't. Microsoft has not exactly expressed a whole lot of interest in VR in general. Oh no, they haven't. Like they don't seem to give a shit about it. And then it's like the only thing I could see is if maybe VR did become popular enough where they saw money in the idea. Of Apple's gonna be like, well, everybody's buying these three thousand dollar headsets. Maybe I just don't. You know, obviously Apple. You know, on the well, they're not going to be gaming with it. Exactly, Apple's not really leaning into gaming in general. With their, I mean, even the chip that they're putting in their, uh, the pro sensor, whatever the fuck it's called, the what is Apple it called? vision pro, the vision pro is, um, it's not a chip for gaming. Not at all. It's not good for gaming at all. Like it's like digital foundry's done a lot of tests on that architecture and it's not, it's just not it. Like it's, it can pull it off, I guess maybe, but it's just not it. But, um, on a vowed though, like I, I'm, I'm stoked. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to see like a cool. No. First person. It looks you know, really action cool. RPG. Very and, Skyrim-ish. Yeah, and again, like the Outer Worlds, the story in that game was really fucking good. I've been really kind of wanting to go back and play that game again. 
<clears throat> I actually played it on my PC and I didn't actually beat it. I was going like, you know how you go like Are you pulling an eight here? <clears throat> no, what it was is that one my at this point, like going back to that save file just seems kind of stupid, but that's my whole life. Yeah, no, I could see that point. You know, that happens a lot. I'm not I'm not saying that every game I pick up I complete. But I got to the pretty much I feel like I got pretty close to the end, but I had to do this big mission and it required me to go to this place and do some shit that was like and I had a choice. I can sneak through it, I can persuade my way through it, or I can shoot my way through it. I wanted to persuade my way through it, but I didn't build my character right. And I can't get through these skill checks. And so now I'm at an impasse where I don't have any way. I don't have any quests to boost my to boost my level yeah. to get stats to put into the perception or my my uh, my speech skill or whatever so I can speech talk craft whatever the fuck it is in that yeah. particular game and it's in order to fucking to talk my way through the persuade is what it is I believe well that's what you said yeah and then there's I don't have the ability to upgrade my skills and there might be like I might be able to go back to like an earlier area and like or another area prior and just no i don't even mean like reloading a save i'm saying like go to like some of these other areas i've already been through and maybe find side quests and shit that i've missed you know what i mean i'm sure there's things that i've passed because it is one of those games they do have side quests you just have to like when you go to that city it's like and another thing about these games in particular and i believe that this is what they're actually they've they've stated that this is what they're doing with avowed is the outer worlds is very similar to something like a mass effect and the way that the world is structured. Whereas, you know, Fallout, so like you can make the parallels between the Outer Worlds and Fallout, and then you can make the same parallels between Avowed and Skyrim or Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls and the Fallout games are open world games. Correct. Where you're in this open map and all that. Well, the Outer Worlds is like a Bioware or Mass Effect type game where you're going to like larger regions that are open world areas. There are things that'll be like a city and then a bunch of regions around it with like some stuff over here and some stuff over there. It's like you know very I mean? story driven. You're here for a reason. Hey, we're... yeah. And within that city and yeah. in with that environment, there are side quests. There are things around here to discover. Your and there decisions is, are making. It's like it's just like you know, just segment up something like a Skyrim map. It's like instead of it just being one coherent map, because in Outer Worlds, the reason that they do that is because you're visiting different planets. I don't know if Avowed is just going to be like major regions. It might be more open world than we realize. They just. They've stated that there's different regions, and those regions are very different. Like, there's regions where it's like, you well, know, I saw it. your typical fantasy stuff, yeah. and then there's like the lava region, and then there's yeah. like, the, and so I wonder if that's how they're going to kind of just break it up, you know, just say like, oh, you're going to this new region. It's, Give me kind of like a legend, old school Legend of Zelda type shit. That's essentially what I'm yeah. thinking. I don't know if it'll be quite like you go down that path, and you go down there, and then it'll fucking... You'll get you go, your red then you'll go, you, and you go here. Well, you know, I mean, like, I mean, like, if you go, like, say you're going down the path, there's a path to your left and there's a path to your right. If you go to the path to the right, you'll go and you'll go into like a different region of that next area than you would if you went to a, the path to the left. You know what I mean? No, so it's I, all no, like I know what you mean. Yeah, nest. it might be like that. My thought was that you would just be like, you're leaving this area, and the girl you try to romance is like, oh, well, I'm just not into you right now. So, sure, I don't. Yeah, sure. But whenever, because there is romancing and stuff like that in those games. Yeah. But no, I mean, just like when you go to like the exit area, the border of the map or whatever, it would be like you're going to this region. And then when you just spawn in that region at the same place, because you're like selecting it from a map or whatever. Right. That's kind of my thought of where they'll probably go with it, where you're selecting the regions based on a list rather than being, like I said, Zelda, where it's like, oh, if you go down here and through this path and you can get in this, you know, back way. 
so you can get like up on a ledge that's behind a motherfucker's house to get that yeah. treasure chest that I've been eye fucking <laughs> for the last fucking you know thirteen hours. The I whole finally, goddamn game, you're like, yeah, damn, like, how the fuck I do I get that thing? And you're like, oh, you got to go around yeah. here and go up this thing and yeah. find this. Yeah, yeah, that whole situation. So I'm I'm really fucking excited about it. I think the combat looked pretty cool too. It, it did look cool. And that, that's why I kept calling it Skyrim. Motherfucker had a wand and shit. Yeah, you can even get guns in these games. I, I saw that. Isn't that crazy? Like, think about that. Like, you know, you're saying like it's kind of like Skyrim. A, it was kind of like a the shit you pack the gunpowder. Yeah, in. it's like a flintlock pistol. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know that. You know, I don't know how like Bush. Oh, it's too late. Um, yeah, I don't know how much like upgrading that is. I don't know if you just like start with a flintlock, kind of, and then you end up with like a fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Or if it's like you know a slow like flintlock, you got to load it. You're like. You yeah. hold on, you son of a bitch. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you good. <laughs> you fucking watch it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Avowed looked really fucking cool. Uh, what was the fucking next game? Uh, the next game that they showed off was the Sinua's Saga. Hellblade 2. Hellblade 2, yeah. So, what I remember about that is as we were talking about it and all that shit, because I, ta- I was telling you about the Unreal 5 shit that I was watching. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about the girl that. Yeah, plays she's very Sinua. expressive. Yeah. Oh no, that girl is absolutely. Yeah, she's incredibly they, they, expressive. Like I said, what's so cool about her story is I forget what she was doing. She was doing. She was on some other part of the development team, and they just like, I I would have to, I would have to like look into the story again because it seemed like I forget because if they told they've been pretty open about it like they told the story numerous times but she was basically working on the other like part of the team and they were just like hey yo bitch hey you want to get over here and act and she did it and they should be the main character of the fucking game that they were making it's just like that's fucking right i wonder if it was like one of those situations where they're like we haven't casted anybody but we need to get to work and it's like who wants to volunteer and then she was like oh i've always wanted to act i think that's like basically what happened is that she was like you know they needed somebody to do it Oh, pick me. And it's like a placeholder just to kind of get to work on the, the mocap tech and getting things together. Mm-hmm. One anything interesting thing about the first Sinuous, uh, what was the Hellblade Sinuous, oh. Sinuous Sacrifice, yeah. I think it was the original, Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice, is that it actually had live action characters in it. Like it had live action actors in the game as well. But they would be like these ethereal people, like they'd be like kind of translucent, mm-hmm. like a blue aura or whatever. And like she would be talking to them like they were spirits. But it was very much like, I uh, think like Star Wars, like the Force Ghost kind of situation. Yeah, I'll think about that. Yeah, it's like that. But they would be like, but it would be a live action character, like a live action person that's like talking to you. And they integrated that a lot into the first game. I don't know if they're going to do that with this second one. I haven't seen it. All I saw was the trailer and shit looked cool as fuck. No, it looks nuts. And that's why I'm like, man, Microsoft, <sighs> I'm not giving you money, but I want to give you money. I mean, dude, that's the that's a, we've we had this conversation before, man. Like, yep. if you're an Elder Scrolls fan, like I don't know, like I, I though all this I can is say is gonna that, upset me. Like, I want to say this is a whole other tangent, but I'm gonna and go now, on it real quick. Go ahead. But right now we're at a really weird time. I feel like we're like we're like I feel like the PS5 is almost like a PS3 light situation. Where it's almost the opposite, though, because the PS3 didn't sell for shit in the beginning. That's correct. Then they picked up the pace, whereas this one, the PS5 sold well, but I don't think, that it doesn't seem like they're going to maintain it. I feel like that the PS5 generation is the generation that Xbox is taking over. 
Well, because they just got all this shit coming out. They because they, they've, they've actually, their pipeline is actually working. Well, that's what we've talked about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. their, their pipeline is finally coming to fruition where I feel like Sony just like shut down their pipeline. So, so you remember earlier, I say earlier, I don't even know if this is the same podcast, but when I was talking about, yeah, I worked for Xbox. I was, yeah, doing that was, shit. It was mainly the for the connect. Cool. Also, the other thing was they didn't have exclusives. They had Forza that was a Five. Huge yeah. They had Forza Five. Uh, what was that fucking Gladiator game? Rise. Rise. Son of Rome. That's literally what they had. Yeah. Cole actually played that game on PC. Yeah. And he said it was pretty fucking good. Well, that's what I heard. It was good. All I had was a demo, and that was fine. Whatever. Cool. But it was that. And they're like, they don't have exclusives. They don't have exclusives. And I was like, yeah, but here's the connect. It's really badass. That's why they had me there. Yeah. Literally. I think where they lost uh, the the we're on the subject um, where they lost the tech tech fuckers like me is you know we always look at the consoles like the 360 the PS3 generation if you looked at the paper one the 360 launched earlier so whenever the PS3 came out and they were like we want six hundred dollars for this fucking thing we're like all right and it is more powerful than the 360 but then a lot of developers were like can I pay, can, I, can I play NFL 2K2 on it on what. On the PlayStation 3. I don't know. It doesn't matter because, yeah, you can play NFL 2K2 on it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. PS Why would you interrupt me with that? <laughs> PS3 comes out and they're like, hey, tight. It's $600. I'm like, God damn. All right. Can you know, I play I'm tired, NFL man. 2K2 you don't understand that. I'm, I'm fucking sorry. tired. You go with some crazy shit like that. I'm like, I'm not getting your reference at all. Like, I feel like I missed a joke. Like, is there something about like, like you got to realize from my headspace, like I understand that you don't know anything about video games, but like when you say that, I'm like, is there like, was there some weird port problem? Like the, yeah, the three, I, I, the PS3 version is, is fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, there are games like that. Like Bayonetta is a notorious shitty. There's a lot of shitty PS3 ports, yeah. which was ultimately my point is that the PS3 fucked up the architecture that it is ultimately a more powerful console than the Xbox 360 but it was really difficult to develop for. So good luck actually getting that power out of the fucking thing. That was the issue with it. And the Xbox had a head start. But with the PS5 generation, it's like, but what we're talking about that whole, the PS4, Xbox yeah. One generation, is when that came out, the Xbox One, and this is something that's like, one, there was the whole weird Connect thing. There was a whole used games thing that they backtracked on. Mm-hmm. There was the price thing. Yeah. That you were paying an extra hundred dollars or whatever the fuck it was just because to have it connect. Came, it came packaged with it. With a thing that I didn't want. Like you might have thought it was neat and that's I wanted cool, it. But like you should have been able to just buy it separately and like me too. Well, you're not wrong. But it could be like, oh, you gotta have it. It's like there was a lot of dumbass shit like that. But what got me about it that was before smart TV. What got me about it was that it was very obvious from the beginning, and they were honest about this from the beginning, but nobody really wanted to touch on it. I guess some people kind of covered this, is that the xbox one was built with cloud in mind no absolutely we talked about that as well well we talked about how they have they were supposed to pull that whole initiative but what yeah. we didn't talk about is that they literally had a weaker console due to the fact that they thought they were going to make up that ground correct with the cloud gaming yes. shit then that was like eh, i don't know man and so you know it's like you're paying that much for this console or you pay the same amount of price for another console where they're like we'll just put the power in the box we'll not try to lean on these servers and try to give you power later from these servers. Well, you you got to be know. connected online. Yeah, because, I mean, that was the thing. Like, yeah. that was a huge problem. And that's what I mean. Like, if you're going to be using cloud computing, then, yeah, you would it would absolutely require yes. being online. That might have been why they made the, I mean, 
I don't know. It seemed pretty obvious that their agenda was just to fuck people because to say, oh, well, we had this whole agenda to, you know, because we were trying to make cloud gaming the future, you know, and so that's why we required the always online situation. And it's like, okay, well, then why couldn't you get the game that you had that had an online mode? The tech demo? The crackdown three thing that you worked on for like six fucking years. That like that is an online game. The online mode requires me to be online. It's we're online. okay with that. It's online, but yet the cloud shit still doesn't work. And you were gonna sell me a console six fucking years ago that was weaker because you were gonna leverage this technology that you still ain't fucking figured out. That was a big fuck up. It was a huge fuck up. Now, was it a situation where the I forget the dude's name that was the president at the time. I don't remember. The guy that was because they he fired they fired that fucker right after this happened. He got fucking pushed out. Everybody hates that dude. And then Phil Spencer came along. Mm. I don't know how much of like the cloud initiative things got defunded. That wasn't like the Major Nelson shit, right? No, Major Nelson wasn't a he wasn't any sort but, of he was like just the an Xbox yeah, representative. Guy. Yeah. He was just a guy that yeah. that just did like yeah, he just did like he's like the Charles Martinet right. kind of, you know, he's a, a Microsoft Mm-hmm. representative or whatever but no my point was i wonder if when phil spencer took over if he was like we're gonna cut the budget of this cloud and gaming initiative thing like in a half and put this money into getting games off the fucking ground i mean he had a lot of time to try to move him finagle and do i don't know things. how much money they were spending on literally putting me in this goddamn walmart in Salem springs I don't know how much that that was just me as one person. I don't know how much money they spent on that initiative to be like, yeah, connect's cool, tight. So your job was just to like demonstrate it? Well, in so many ways. I was there to sell everybody on the features. This is what can the, well I guess my my also question this is, is you had a you had a TV, right? You had a demo though. Yeah. Yeah, you had a you had a way to demonstrate it. Exactly. Okay. So it's like the dudes that did like the VR demos. Yeah. You're one of those guys. Exactly. But uh, the second game that we got into was uh, Sinua's Saga 2 Hellblade. Yes. And uh, the mocap on UE5. Yes, she's very expressive. And that's what we were discussing is how you, you were like, you've been working with UE5 tech and some stuff that you've been working on. Yeah. Just like, I'm saying like, you know, dipping your toes in the water, you know, tepid. Well, I've I've been, I've been fucking with it for a minute. Man, here's what I can say. This is like the first game I remember that when we were watching the fucking Game Warriors. I was like, oh, damn, I'm kind of into this. And I was like, man, I'm kind of into this. And I saw it was like, Microsoft was like, yeah, fuck that shit. But I'm also into it. So it looked cool as shit. Just to reiterate, as we all know, Nate hates Microsoft. I hate him with a passion. So all you Microsoft Xbox fanboys out there, send your hate metal to... I don't know. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Things. You know what? And and subscribe to our Patreon because I got three Xbox shirts from when I worked for Xbox. They're really nice. Maybe you might get one. Could you stop telling people to subscribe to our Patreon that doesn't <laughs> exist? Well, put it up, dude. Follow our MySpace. Yeah, we have a MySpace. Uh, we Hashtag should, MySpace. We should start like, MySpace. What, what song would be on our MySpace page? <laughs> Can you, is MySpace still there around? I think so. We should start a MySpace page. That would be really rad. That would be good. We'll bring it back. What's his name? Zach or whatever the fuck his name was. I thought it was Tom. Tom, Tom. Yeah, Tom would be like, thumbs up, dudes. It'd be fucking hilarious if he was still like your only friend. Like, yeah. 
Like if it was still the exact same. That'd be badass. That'd be crazy. I really wonder about that. We should start a MySpace page. We should try it. Tell us in the comments if we should start a MySpace page. Yeah, we might. We start a MySpace page. What should our song be? Yeah, what what should the the page song be? Yeah. Okay. So on the subject of uh, Sinua's Saga Hellblade 2, that would be the sequel to Hellblade 1. The one I never played. And that would have been the first one in the series of two games. Uh, It looks good. It's interesting about the first one. It was actually like a, a timed PS4 exclusive. I should have played it. Probably. It's worth playing, for sure. Um, dude, what I'm telling you about this girl being so expressive and shit, like, that is fucking cool to me. Even, like, when I watched that trailer, I was like, I want to play this game. Mm-hmm. That was 2, Hellblade 2. Yeah. First, I didn't even know there was a first one. I was like, holy shit. This is the only cool game I'm seeing coming out of any of this. And I was very wrong. There are other cool games as well, but this is the motherfucker. I was like, fuck you, Microsoft. Yeah. Well, well, I will say Hellblade 1 was awesome. It was probably the first game that I've ever just like been, like, because I didn't play a lot of games with headphones. That's just never really been my thing. You know what I mean? Like I've oh, always, no, just, I've always just mean, played yeah. with TV speakers or a stereo or whatever. And uh, that was the game it recommended that you use uh, headphones to get the binaural audio. Yeah. So you can get the full 3D binaural audio stuff. And uh, yeah, no, I did that. And it was, I mean, if you want, I mean, we'll have to, I'll have to show you some of the, uh, the trailers for the first, for Hellblade 1. Because, like, that game, like you just said about how you watched the trailer for the sequel and was like, man, I gotta play that game. That's exactly how I felt about the first one. And that game was, like, out of nowhere because at that time, Team Ninja was, like, an independent studio. Team Ninja? Ninja Theory. Okay, I was gonna say, it definitely wasn't Team Ninja. No, it's Ninja Theory. That's too many goddamn Ninja Studios. But, yeah, no, they, uh... That at that time they were independent. They were just under like a like a timed exclusivity deal with Sony, and then after that, you know, Microsoft purchased them or whatever. But I don't even think I'm not sure that Hellblade the first one did very well. Uh, like that's it what was, I don't know. It was mostly critically acclaimed. Um, there was like there was some like repetitive puzzle elements, and the combat wasn't the best. But if you I mean, it, it kind of depends too, because like it's hard for me to judge as somebody that didn't play a lot of games with headphones, because a lot of the reasons that I was so impressed with that game was the the soundscape of it all, mm-hmm. having the voices in your head, you know, telling you that like you know, because the voices in your head were a tool to where they would be like behind you, and you'd be like, oh fuck, there's somebody behind me, shit like that, you know what I mean? Like, but sometimes they'd fuck with you, you know what I mean? But it was like it was like a guide, it was like a way, it was like the indicator in the game where it has the arrow. That shows you like, oh, somebody's about to yeah. hit you from behind. But it was a voice that was in your head that was like, behind you, look behind you. And shit like that. And I thought that was a really neat concept. And this is like, like I said, if you watch the trailers, you saw like, you were talking about the expressiveness. Yeah. And like the emotionality and her performance and all that. That was very apparent from the very first trailer of the first game. That like, this is a very heavy game. And it was showing off visuals and art style, that same shit that you're seeing where it's like, these things that you're seeing is like, this looks trippy as fuck. Because the main character is experiencing psychosis while also dealing with like real things being like the slaughter of her village and things like that. I think she's looking for her husband or something like that in the first game. 
But the the sequel, what's amazing about the sequel, and, I, and like this is kind of apparent in the trailers that you watch, is yeah. like the the level of like fidelity of the graphics is like insane. Like it, it would be really interesting. I mean, it'll be it will be interesting whenever it does come out to play it in you know on my console in real time, you know, at like native resolutions or at least you know in real time and without all the YouTube compression and all that shit because. From what people have said, like seeing like the trailers in 4K and like I haven't taken a microscope to it yet, is that like the visuals on display are fucking nuts. They're like on another level. Like once again, we're on even another level, which is pretty impressive considering the games that have just come out recently where we're like, holy fuck, this is insane looking. You know. That's fucking amazing. Hopefully so. We'll see. I'm either way, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. No, I I am excited about it, and I will definitely be playing it because again, I enjoyed the fuck out of the first one. I I look forward to the whole the whole experience because, like I said, that that game is one of those games that like you you when I played the original, I experienced it. I told all my friends about it. I was like, you have to try it. You have to play with the headphones. Some people didn't like it. Some people didn't like it for the very reason that it was supposed to make you feel. Yeah. Which was that it's a, it's kind of like you're getting the voices in your head and it's kind of making you crazy and it's distracting and all that. And people are like, oh, I didn't like it. And it's like, yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole motherfucking point. That's the mood, baby. But yeah. Anyway, so the direct then uh, transitioned and it had a little surprise to where they actually jumped into the visions of mana, which we already mm-hmm. had seen at the uh it was the game awards we'd seen it and we saw a trailer but they went into a better dive into it the, mo- the more important thing about this trailer which i think was the most impressive part was now they're the, pulling the no style. no no the the juxtaposition and for for all of y'all with a shitty vocabulary the contrast or those of you out there with a shittier vocabulary the, the differences between the two um Comparing the, the, the let's just say the more conventionally nerdy gentleman. Oh, we're talking, talking about, about the guys. We're talking about the guy yeah. in the Matrix. And yes, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um. So that we had the nerdy gentleman with yeah. the glasses that was clearly almost looked as if they intentionally dressed him up to look nerdy. Yeah. And then they had the guy that was intentionally dressed up to look like he came out of the fucking Matrix. Yeah. She's just like the coolest son of a bitch to ever come out of the nineties ever. Hey. It was very interesting juxtaposition once again with those big words. To, to see to see that that was very that that was the most like enlightening part of the that to me kind of spoke volumes about the people that are making this game well that's kind of what that's kind of what i want like to touch upon one well. could it be a joke between them where they were like haha or were they like hey bro we need you to be in this video and he's like i gotta look cool as shit and that's like that's just what this dude picked that's Versace. Either way, either way, I like the dude. Versace, dude. I like the dude. That's all I know is I like the dude. And, you know, I don't hate the other dude. The other guy kind of reminds me a bit of the personality of somebody like the guy that, um, I forget his name. He's the guy that created Yoshi, where he's like one of these guys that works for Nintendo that he kind of has that same kind of demeanor, just that kind of like, just a happy-go-lucky nerdy guy. Like, just happy. Iwata? Uh, Satoru, no, Satoru Iwata was like, Satoru Iwata is one of those guys that you don't like, um, uh, Mr. Iwata wants to see you in his office. Like, you don't want to hear that. Like, I found that that's true. I feel like Satoru (laughs) Iwata would light your ass up, man. This dude's just like, I've never seen him say a mean thing about anyone. I forget his name, but he's the guy that created Yoshi. But no, Satoru Iwata, I guarantee that dude would scare the fuck out of you. He's like, like, God damn, dude, I'm trying to play games here. And you're like, yeah, I play games, dog. Do you play games? Because we ain't playing fucking games here yeah, no, Satoru Iwata is a ball buster, I yeah. bet. I bet. 
He's probably a ball buster that everybody respect the shit out of. It's like he'll get to you, but like, like man, I'm, I'm taking that pay cut, motherfuckers. Right? Exactly. Like yeah. get to work. Yeah. No, he's yeah. for real. He's no. He was a, he was a great man. Loved loved Satoru Iwata. I was that was one of the few times that I've ever read something on the internet where it was like, oh my god, like like when I said it out loud, I was like, I couldn't believe it. It was so surreal. Dude, when it yeah. was like, oh my God, Satoru Iwata died? Like, oh, this can't be fucking I, serious. I did shed tears. Like, this cannot be for real. I shouldn't have it shed tears. I did. Yeah. I mean, dude, what's interesting about that. I'm about that, to right now, actually. Well, I know. It's an emotional thing. What's interesting, too, about Satoru Iwata is that he has this long legacy and this long history of being a, a fucking crammer, but, but being a badass. But, um, but to have him come in and, like, at the end of his life to be the president of Nintendo at one of their mer- most, the, the most, you know vulnerable the, yeah they're most vulnerable and then he introduces this whole direct thing and it was directly with iwata and he was there and it was like he went from being like the president of nintendo to being like that guy that was like from nintendo representing the company just trying to tell us like hey man we're working yeah you know and we we promised that we were we're still doing our nintendo thing you know he was very open about it because that was when they went to the whole era of them explaining that they fucked up and that they undermine the the how the development time and cost that it, yeah. that it that it requires to do hd development and all of that and that's why we had to wait forever for our breath of the wilds and all of that and the new marios and shit like those were all intended to be wii u games i mean obviously breath of the wild was but mario odyssey mm-hmm. xenoblade chronicles 2 like all of these games were meant to be wii u games i promise but they you know they had to pivot but you know now we have the switch which is it's kind of a beautiful thing to see, you know. Well, that Satoru, was the last of his legacy. That's the thing, and it didn't even come out until after he had yeah. passed, and it's the made the biggest success that they've had since the Wii. And I mean, it's and it's runaway success, and it's not only is it a runaway success, but it has maintained the hardcore market. Whereas the Wii is notoriously known for losing that market. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Switch pulled them back in, and people will talk their shit. The stinky Switch, all that. It needs, you know, we need an upgrade. All those good things. But people still buying the fuck out of them. They're still selling the shit out of them. Flying so. off the shelf. But no, on uh, Visions of Mana, though, the gameplay aspect of it, like they went more into more details of that. They were showing off more of the character model stuff. Yeah, and that, I, that's um, what the Matrix guy was talking about. Yeah, no, and I, I get, I, I love that they're going more into the art style. Um, the, the footage that they showed of the game definitely showed off more of the combat and the gameplay. Um, but I don't think that it, I don't think it especially hyped me up more than the trailer that I saw at the Game Awards. I thought that they showed things at the Game Awards trailer that were a lot more like, oh, this looks pretty impressive. Whereas what they showed of the gameplay in this particular uh, break or this trailer preview, it didn't, it just showed a little bit of the combat. To me, it looked like an introspective type shit. They're like, this yeah, is where no, we I started. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, trying to this show how at. they're leaning into the yeah. art style. They're yeah. trying to manifest that art style, as they just said. Like, or as they specifically said, is that, you know, this is, they took these 2D sprites and they turned them into real life mm-hmm. you know, creep monsters for you to fight in the game yeah. and all that, like, you know, animating them and creating. It's the first time they've ever done this. It's always mm-hmm. been 2D sprites in the Mana series, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, they did do a remake of uh, the original where they'd made, it's the same perspective, but they're 3D polygons yeah, instead yeah. of 2D sprites, which that is a whole other People did not love that, even though, you know, well, people did not love that. But no, this game, like I said, the, this trailer, I, I honestly, like, you know, just objectively looking at the whole direct, it seemed kind of weird. 
It seemed kind of really fucking weird. I'm not going to say it didn't seem weird to me because I remember I was just talking about, yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't mean even the game. I mean just the fact that that was How in much this the direct. in the Matrix. Oh, we're on that whole subject too. That was the clothing thing was weird. That shit was hilarious. Good for them on yeah, having a sense of That's how we got into Satoru Iwata. Yeah, that's exactly how we got into Satoru Iwata. But no, uh, my point being is that I thought it was weird to have a, tr- uh, a essentially like what they're calling the rest of these. These are all like um, game previews or I forget how they described it before it's, they. Oh, it's a direct, isn't it? Yeah, right. That whole thing. Yeah, I wonder where they got that from. But no, I'm just saying like these are all these are all first party games. That is not right, and it's like oh, it's from Square. Yeah, and yeah. so they announced this direct as being like we're going to talk about these games, and they said that these four games were going to be discussed in great detail on this direct. But then they snuck this in as like the secret thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was weird for them to throw in a breakdown of a third party game. I kind of wonder if this is like you know obviously Microsoft like kissing square enix's ass being like hey guys we'll put your shit in our like direct if you like i don't know give us square, Final Fantasy square enix it's square enix but i was okay. calling the same fucking thing i don't i, I do that all the time it's square I, I, it'll always well, be square to me i understand it should probably be square soft because that's where i started was back in the yeah, days i understand that that's why i was i, I wanted a distinction because i just it blurs the line with me a lot of these like because enix had a lot of these JRPG franchises as well. Mm-hmm. And now they're under that same umbrella. I want to say that maybe, um, I want to say that maybe Dragon Quest was a, was an Enix game. You might be correct on and that. That's I'm one not, of those they I don't, acquired I don't that much about Dragon because they Quest. used to be direct competitors. Like there was Dragon Warrior and then there was yeah. Final Fantasy. Those were like on the NES. And I'm pretty sure that the Dragon Warrior was a, an Enix game. You, you might be one of I'm pretty positive. Of that but either way i thought it was a little weird to drop this visions of mana thing that's not to say that i'm not somewhat excited about the game this didn't exactly make me more excited about it though honestly i thought as a was, motherfucker that loves jrpgs how you feel about it? the game in general i think it's got a lot of potential i the combat in this is that a must buy i'm not sure yet man my my biggest hang up is honest to god like I was excited as fuck for this game when I saw the trailer at the Game Awards. When I saw this whole breakdown and I saw the combat in more detail, I don't know that I love it. That's fair. That's a fair assessment because I, you know, I didn't give a shit either way. Yeah, but I, I like to hear. I like to hear what you want. What you want to get about it because you're the motherfucker. You know. Yeah. No. I mean, I'll probably. I'll have to look at the actual release schedule of everything to see. You know, if it's like. If it's coming out at the same time as some other big game that I want to play, I'll, you know, obviously it will be put second in line. Did you sell Avatar to get it? Uh, maybe. It depends on the value that I'm given for Avatar. If I could get like half off of that game, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I doubt they would give me that much. Like odds are, I would take Avatar up there and be like, "We'll give you ten dollars," and I'd be like, "Yeah, fuck you." You know what I mean? But if I went up there and they're like, we'll give you 35 and it's like half off my purchase of Trials of yeah. Mana or Visions of Mana. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe. My my thing is too is like when it comes to that time, the reviews come out. Mm-hmm. It's getting like stellar reviews. Oh, you got to play it. I'll probably fucking play it. If it comes out and the reviews are putting it in like the 80s or, you know, even like less or, you know. Let's uh, say it gets like a 63. 
I don't know, there's no fucking way. There's Let's no say it does. I would not play it. No way? Not a chance. You don't think that's just people just fucking bombing it? People? Or are you talking about, what are you talking about? Which, I'm which, saying you think you people are just review bombing it. Well, I'm saying you're you're talking you, review bombs occur in user scores, not yeah. But at, at that point in time when it comes out, how many people actually played it, and how far could you gotten into it to say yeah, it's sixty three? Well, well, again, what are we talking about? I'm talking about Metacritic. Okay, fair enough. And Metacritic is is an aggregate, right? And so if you're talking like numbers 63s, 93s and all that means it's averaging 63s, that means it's averaging like a 6 or a 7. Right. And that on most scales, a 7 is like good. Because I think it goes like, so like, I, I can't remember how IGN's things go. It's like 7 is good, 8 is great, 9 is amazing, and then 10 is a masterpiece. I'm, I think 6 is bad or mediocre. So if it's oh, okay. between mediocre and good, then yeah, I'll probably skip it. Because odds are it's long as shit. And I'm sorry, I just don't have time to play 80-hour okay games. You know what I mean? I get it. You know, I do have lines that I don't want to cross. <laughs> but if it's an 80-hour nine, it's like, dude, you gotta play this game, then yeah, I'm in. Alright. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. I'm in. But like, yeah. And I mean, I hate to do that because I don't want to be on this whole subscriber or uh, this whole uh, review requirement thing but you know we're talking about aggregates we're talking about average yeah. scores I, I put more faith in like critical scores than i seem to do fucking user scores because of what you just brought up like these review bombs i just can't trust anymore man these people can come in and they can just be like oh fuck this game and then like you said it's like they didn't even play the motherfucker yeah. how, how much time did you put into the motherfucker yeah i mean that's that's a huge thing but with reviews like they get early access copies they're playing these games and like and it depends on the game, you know, like I give people credit. There was a big thing about Elden Ring when it came out where they were talking about like who, like who was reviewing that game at that review period that actually played the whole fucking game. Oh, nobody. And there was Mitchell Salzman at fucking IGN. One person. He, the guy from IGN did, but he's like, yeah, I just spent, you know, the last week and a half of my life doing nothing but playing this fucking game. And I loved every second of it. It's a masterpiece. That says a lot. You know what I mean? That says a lot more about a game. It's like if you had to like, it's like, look, man, this is all you're going to be doing for the next two weeks is playing just this game. And you come out of that two weeks and being like, I think it was really good. You know what I mean? That could be a really good game. It's just like, you know, I don't even know what I was doing. You were drowned man. in the shit. So, you know, how could you really have that frame of reference? Well, you come out of like two weeks of being that deep in the game like that. And you come out being like, holy shit, guys, it's getting good. Like go into there. What like, year is it? Shit. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm I'm going back. Like I'm like I'm I gotta go back, guys. I'm not done yet. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Like that yeah. that's a that's a whole that's a whole other level of amazing than than somebody being like You know what? I don't even care about this IGN job anymore, guys. Right. I'm just gonna play Elden Ring that's it. the rest of my life. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's kind of the world that like Elden Ring lived in there. Like when it came out, it was on that level. But yeah. Visions of mana, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, I'm okay we'll with see. that. We'll see. But uh the next topic was the oxide game. It was called uh and um, Art of History Untold, they're they're basically they're creating a four X strategy game, but it seemed like they're they're trying to make it like lean more into the RTS sensibilities, but it's still it's still turn based. It's just that the turns are being done simultaneously. You know what I mean? It's still not going to be about like oh I got to get enough gold to make some war elephants right. so I can go fuck these dudes' castle up. It's like 
you're making decisions to do with nations and trading and things like that. And you might go and fight somebody. You might not fight anybody. Like most RTSs are built around combat. And That's war, correct. Where yeah. civilization is about developing a civilization. You could make a peaceful civilization that doesn't go to war all the time. I might be really fucking difficult. You might have to be a really good diplomat and invest in all the diplomatic traits and all that shit and go that route. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what civilization no, no, I know what you mean, yeah. That's what civilization is about. It's about managing a society and like trying to go this way or that way or being a tyrant, being this or whatever. Damn, I should have played Civilization. There was a really cool thing about Civilization. There was a game that went on. It was forever, and they were like stuck in like a perpetual Cold War. It's pretty crazy. And like it's like this Civilization game that went on for like 10 years that this person was playing. And they like they like pretty much gridlocked. That was as long as they could have peace. Was ten years. I don't know what happened. Those at the time that I read this article, it had been going on for ten years. I have no idea what happened after this. It might still be going on. It might have all. Never said fuck it. But basically, this guy had been like in a a Cold War standoff with like two big superpowers, Bosnian shit, for fucking like couple years, and like that's where the game was like locked up. But it was like these are decisions that have been made up over like a decade. I was like, well, I can't go back now. It's insane. Like, that is insane. Like, that's kind of, you know, that's the kind of shit you can do with Civilization with the crazy 4X game is you can have these campaigns that go on forever. And, you know, you could be like, you could be fucking King Tut and I could be Gandhi. Yeah, pass. And then we're just, no, Gandhi. (laughs) There's a funny joke in the Civilization games that Gandhi is actually extremely violent and taught, like, uh, he's extremely prone to, like. fuck him up. Well, it was a bug that they had in the original game, I guess, apparently when they first introduced Gandhi he had a bug where he was like hyper, like violent. He was like very, like very quick to like just bomb the shit out of people. And so they leaned into it. And so Gandhi is known in like all these games. Like if he's like, he's more likely to nuke you than anybody. Like he's the guy that, well, yeah, that would it. do that. But yeah, no, it's really funny. And they're going, they're leaning. Into the I can't thing. talk to this guy. Yeah, in our history untold, they're still doing the civilization thing where you pick like a, a a leader and that's who you play as and that's who you're making your decisions as. I I don't know. I'm not a 4X strategy game. Once again, the thing that's interesting about this particular game, it seems a little odd, is that this is a PC only game and it doesn't come out until like May. It's, it's like the end of next year. I think it said spring. Comes out spring of 2024. Or not next year, sorry, this year. But yeah, so it's it's not even coming out until spring of 2024, which is kind of, I don't know, I thought that was pretty interesting. Do we know what studio's doing it? Uh, the, I forget the name, Oxide, Oxide Studio. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is the Oxide Studio is a bunch of people that left the studio that made Civilization Five. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Civ Six is the one that's out currently, right? Uh, that I don't know. I think it is, because I think I have that on the Switch, Civilization Six. It might not be. It might be the people that made five because five did come out or whatever. The last civilization did come out like a handful of years ago. So it's very possible that that was five. I, I thought it was six though, but I might be wrong. But either way, these are people that were working on the civilization games that left that went to go make their own studio to try to make the civilization game they always wanted to make, mm-hmm. which seems to be trying to blur the lines a little bit more between the real time and the, the turn-based strategy aspect without alienating either side because i mean you got to make the game you well, not alienating their fan base yeah the people that like the forex yeah. strategy shit so i don't know i think it could be all right i'll probably will not play it but if i was to 
get into a 4x strategy game, I think that this one more would be more likely to grab me due to the fact that it is kind of trying to lean more into the real-time thing. Well, yeah, I would try it out. The thing that bothered me about try Civilization out. is that it's one of those games, like I said, the whole turn-based thing. It's like you make a move, you make a couple moves, you end your turn, and then you wait fucking 10 minutes while the computer's making all these turns, and then you go back to your people, and then you're like, all right, I'll make these few moves, and then you cancel your turn. It's a lot of waiting and then like strategizing while you're waiting and watching their move. It's like playing chess on like a world map. Like if you played a lot of risk, you'd probably love the fuck out of civilization. But I hated risks so much. I wasn't a risk person either. But yeah, no, global domination, you know, it's what I do find it's interesting about it is that they do go they're going they're doing what uh civilizations do typically do. If you notice that you have like this this very ancient Egyptian looking thing and then more of like a medieval renaissance era and then clearly like a futuristic yeah. kind of thing and so that's what's cool is like i remember civilization doing that i always thought was neat because that's something obviously you know going into like age of empires and those kinds of games like you you go out through ages but it ends at like a certain age you're not going into like modern times where you're getting like you know sci-fi futuristic shit right. i've always appreciated that civilization will go that far where you're dealing with like you're starting off with like bows and arrows and like UFOs, you're like because you you know you invest in technologies and shit and so project like, blue beam so you put all this work into like oh now we have you know arrows with tips on them <laughs> Metal what, tips. what game was that where you could like literally like have sky projections and shit what the fuck are you talking about sky projection yeah like you could like fuck with the other continents or whatever and you can like well, you're saying like actually doing some like operation. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. That sounds neat as fuck, though. That's how you fucked with the. That's kind of how you won the chess game, I guess. I don't fucking know, but it did happen. That's weird. I've never heard. Of, this might be civilization of some sort. I'm not sure. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, because I don't. I can't think of many games where you're doing this kind of world strategy type shit. Maybe. Yeah. There's a really cool game series. I'm just gonna do this. This will be another good little. We'll a little snippet interstitial the tropico series there's multiples of these i think uh tropico 5 was the last one that i played i think 6 is the current one are you familiar with tropico i'm so, not but i know what you're talking about imagine a sim city type game where instead of building and managing a city you're a dictator and you're managing like an island nation and like you can be like as dictatorish as you want like where you can, you know, subjugate your citizens, but you got to worry about like revolutions and shit. Yeah. It's a really good game. Like it's really fun. I want to say it might've been Spore. Really? Interesting. See, that's something that I, I'd like to look into. Like, I don't know if I could put myself into Spore enough to get that far in the fucking game, but I would like to get to the parts. Cause like I said, I only ever made it to the tribal region part of it. Like the part where you start fucking with space exploration, all that. Because yeah. I, I have heard that that game kind of falls apart at the end. Like as far as like fulfilling the the ambition that it was set yeah. out to do. You know what I mean? Like it didn't quite nail it, but it would be interesting to take it that far. Because again, I want to say it was Spore. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I never knew that it went that crazy. Because I just got to the part where you're like, you turn into like the weird like bipedal alien and you like walk over to the other alien and you're like your little mating call and it's just like me and you're just like it's weird it gets fucking weird and then you got to start your tribes and shit like that i don't know i don't, I don't recall that it got very strange but no i um i remember starting out as amoeba 
Yeah. And I had to fight through all that shit. And the next thing I knew, I'm like, hey, I'm building a civilization. And the next thing I knew, we're out in space. It didn't happen that fast, but that's what I remember. But I think, Yeah, I just, I guess the, the... I think they were kind of doing like a Project Blue Boom thing where like you can go fuck with another surrounding area and be like, yeah, guess what? Your God's not shit, blah, 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 blah. I think it was kind of like that. Mm, did you ever this just reminds me another good classic game did you ever play the black and white series i have not but i always wanted to are you familiar with like uh, how, yeah. how functions you're yeah. like god yeah play as like a hand one thing i did find that was interesting this is a peter molyneux game mind you this is where paul black and white yeah this were his games before fable this were these were games made by lionhead studio before fable became a thing and uh that's why you know the pedigree and the people are excited because I remember I played the shit out of the first black and white. I don't, I didn't play the second one that much, but you know, that game you're talking about that, um, um, from dust game that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that where you're a God and like these people exist in this world and you can do all these godly things. Like you could yeah, do you that. Just you manipulate can, the land. You can manipulate whatever. the land. You can yeah. make fire. You can yeah. fucking do all these things. And you have, um, what was interesting is you get these special abilities and you, 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 you activate the special abilities by drawing shapes with the mouse, which is the hand. And so you would click the button and then like you click in the, the, the mouse and then draw like a shape. And then that shape is like a magic. So you do like an S on the ground and it would do something. And it made it so. It made it like rain or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. And you do shit like that to make, and I thought that was kind of an interesting concept. What I liked about it though, is they had the demon and the angel that were like on your shoulder kind of thing. Like they were both talking to you the whole game because you make a lot of like good or evil decisions, but you have a, um, like this monster, I forget what they call it, but it's like your, it's, they call it a demigod. And it's like your, it's like your earthly representation. And it's like this big monster. And, but it's like kind of like a dumbass monster. Like, so you have to like, you have like a, like a chain on it that you have to like, you can either have it tied to your hand or you can like tie it to like a post, but you got to watch out because you have Over. to train it and it'll, st it'll just start eating your fucking people. Like, it'll just be like, raw, and there's like, oh, and it could be like an evil monster or yeah, a good no, monster. No, dude, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, no, and then you have to punish it. You have to actually fucking like slap it. Like you literally, you'll take the hand and swing the mouse and slap it across the fucking face to punish it and shit. It's fucking weird. And I, I always takes me back to back in the day. I was hanging out over at a friend of ours house and we were watching E3 at their house. And there was a trailer for black and white too. And everybody was super excited about it. And I just remember there's a, a the clip and I had no context to this at the time, but it was just like this hand slapping the shit out of a cow. And everybody's like black and white too. And everybody was like super excited about it. And I'm like, this looks weird as hell. And that dude just slapped a cow. Cause he slaps it and he slaps it so hard that the cow like spins in circles. The, the cow is standing on two legs staring at you and he just slaps the shit out of it. And the cow like spins around. It's got the little, you know, little birds or whatever the mm -hmm. fuck going around. It's like very cartoonish. And you're like, what the fuck is this game? Black and, black white. and white too. That's what it is. That was black and white too. Black and white one is also a good game, but you know, anyhow, let's move on to the next one. The next big subject. And this was the big, this is the big cheese. This was the big one. Okay. This is what they actually announced that this was going to be discussed in this trailer and everybody was like shitting themselves about it because it was the Indiana Jones game. Yeah. It's made by Machine Gun Games. You know what else Machine Gun Games made? Uh, I don't know. The Wolfenstein games. 
Wolfenstein. Are you familiar with the two Wolfenstein games that came out recently? Uh, how recently? The PS4. Yeah, Wolfenstein, and then they did the Bloodlust or whatever it's called. Uh, no. So they made they made one and two, and then there was like a a third spinoff, but it was like a I forget what it was called. But it might have been blood but, something. It might have been. I don't remember what it was. The called. only reason why I know is because I didn't. I bought it. I didn't play it. Like same thing with Killzone. Uh, JC, and he also fucking killed Titanfall too. Oh, you're talking about the old blood. Old blood. Yeah. Yeah, that's an expansion for the first game. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting one. It's like you go to. I think you go to Castle Wolfenstein in that one. It like goes to Castle Castle Wolfenstein. But no, it's it's very like. It's surprisingly, it's a surprisingly well-made game. I beat the first one. I never beat the second one, but I played part of it. But it's, it's a very, it's, it, they're really good fucking games. Like they really are. It's like, there's a very like old school shooter sensibility to it. Like yeah, back well, in the still day. Hitler. Well, it's not only that, but it's not like, you know, boots on the ground. I'm shooting with my fucking, whatever the fuck that rifle is, the Gauss, whatever the fuck they called yeah. those rifles that they used in World War II and all that. It's like. It's Wolfenstein. It's like, oh, I'm like dual wielding fucking like machine guns. And then mm-hmm. I get like this fucking crazy Tesla coil gun at the end that's just melting fucking zombies or uh, me- melting Nazis' faces yeah. and shit, you know. But it's also tough as hell. Like it'll fuck you up. But like it's very, they're very well made fucking RT or um, first person shooters. Yeah. And then so apparently, according to Todd Howard, he's been wanting to make an Indiana Jones game forever. But yeah, Troy Baker is actually playing Harrison Ford because obviously, Harrison Ford being like eighty years old, he's not I'm so badass that they in can... this game he's it's set like in his twenties. It's supposed to be set after Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it's in between Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Last Crusade. In between, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was kind of interesting. But I thought it was you know I I think it's cool. It's exciting to think that like I mean you can say whatever you want about Todd Howard, but you know the dude's been making games forever. But the fact that He's been wanting to make this game forever. It's like, you know, we're talking about a passion project for the dude, obviously, because this is like, you know, he's been working on these Elder Scrolls and the Fallouts and all that. But apparently, when he gets home at night, he goes into his office and he just starts working on this Indiana Jones story that he's been wanting to write forever, where he said that, like, he thought about, like, what he was going to be going after, what the name of the game was going to be, what the, all of these, these important details of how the game was going to function. And then, you know, he goes around and he fucking, he's like, oh, we own all these studios now. You know, I've got id software. I've got machine game, machine gun games. And so Microsoft does. Well, Bethesda did. Bethesda did. Bethesda, Bethesda is owned by Microsoft. Yes. But Bethesda still owns machine games. They got Microsoft money. So they was like, yeah, let's just do it. And I think that's probably what it was is yeah. that they were like, Oh, we don't have to worry about like put, putting or extending ourselves or whatever. Microsoft will fit the bill. Hey, we want to make this fucking Indiana Jones game. And, and fucking Phil Spencer was like, fuck yeah, let's go talk to Disney. And they Harrison go to Disney Ford and Disney's like, like okay. Fuck yeah. He's like, Harrison Ford's like, all right, well, here's my Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's manager's like, well, here's his rates right here. I sent you the tech, the rate package. You saw it says we'll right double there, it. face, face likeness. We'll double it. Is this much? I mean, they won't do that. They're not going to pay more for anything that they don't have to. How much yet. of the game do you think is in first person? All of it. What do you mean? 
Oh, it cuts the third person when he's. Well, like, they said they it cuts the third person when he's climbing something. Yeah. That's where Harrison Ford's face is at. This is. Well, Harrison Ford's face is going to be in all the cutscenes. Yeah, too. Because if you would have played the Wolfenstein games, you would know that it's first person, but then it would trigger like a full, you know, cinematic cutscene. It's not just like it's not like an Ubisoft game where you're like, like listening to all these conversations in first person. Yeah, they took the time to make cool cutscenes, and they did some really badass cutscenes. the The Wolfenstein games are really cool, over the top games. So this game looks like it's going to be nuts. Like, and those games are like you know they showed. And the in the direct, like some of the like the concepts of like the way you sneak around the environments to get around enemies, or you can go guns ablaze and all yeah. that. Those are all core tenets of the Wolfenstein games. And what's interesting, and I wonder because this is how both Wolfenstein games function, is that you actually level up abilities by doing particular things in combat. And so you have to like look in your skill tree and be like, oh, I've got to do five stealth stealth kills if I want to upgrade my knife or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I can stealth kill or my sneak or whatever the fuck. And so I hope they integrate that kind of thing. Because that reminds me of, um, it's similar to like um, like an Elder Scrolls type of leveling. To where it's, you know, if you want to jump higher, you got to jump. If you want to run faster, you got to run. I'm not saying they're going to take it that far. But just the idea that if you're you're playing in a particular style, ideally these upgrades will happen naturally. You know what I mean? Well, that was that was more of an Elder Scrolls Morrowind thing than it was. It kind they kind of did a little bit in Oblivion, and then when you hit Skyrim, it was like, yeah. Well, they took out like the acrobatics aspect of it, but it still functions that way for everything else. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. Like if you want to, if you want your speech craft to go up, you gotta meet those persuasion skill checks. If you want your sword ability to go up, you gotta hit motherfuckers with your sword. I'm, I'm gonna tell this marketeer, whatever the fuck it is, that I'm I want to fence this wear these wares. I don't know, man. I mean, first, you gotta join the thieves guild. I think. I think that's step one. But now, um, another thing that's interesting. I know we'll talk about talk about Elder Scrolls. On uh, Oblivion, the trick with that game is to level up your skills, but just never sleep. Because if you don't sleep, you won't level up. <laughs> and it's like fuck leveling up. That just makes the game harder because it scales with you. But if your you know your archery skill is at a hundred and you're level one, <laughs> you'll just be wrecking motherfuckers. It's a good time. I used to do that all the time. Yeah, I'll just be like fuck it. I'm just I like that was the the really cool thing about Morrowind was yeah it was like kind of like a dice roll. But you yeah. literally level up your hand-to-hand combat and, like, just beat motherfuckers down. Yeah, no, that was, that's why I love, too, is, like, if you want to jump higher, yeah. you have to raise that number. I was and you can raise that number. You can raise that number in different ways. Literally was like, what it teaches you everywhere. Well, I was going to say, what it teaches you in the very beginning of that game when you find that wizard dude that falls Yeah, the guy the that fucking dies. Yeah, read that scroll. See what happens, dude. Yeah, if you use that scroll, which it tells you, it makes it where you jump really fucking high. I wore I wore that hat through most of the game. Yeah, no, I did too. And the robe. And I used that sword until it ran out of charges, and then you got to go get some fucking souls for it. And then you just recharge that shit. But yeah, no, that's like the weapon to get. Like, if you want to survive the beginning of the Elder Scrolls, the first town you're at, if you leave, I forget Say which way. Mean. Yeah, if the, when you're leaving that town, if you go a certain way, a dude will left. fall from the sky. Get left, right? It is left. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's north, south, east, or west. Yeah, it's left. Saying. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Because that works. In a when you're thing. exiting the town, you can, you can go get on the, what do they call the there. fucking big bug thing you can get on? 
Yeah, that's over to the right. Yeah, yeah you, you want to go to the go left. left. Yeah, you down go down the path. Down that left, down that path. Yeah, yeah for sure. But uh, yeah, so you get that thing. But if you learn from that guy, so you can you can do that. And so like that's why I used to love like I, when I first got into PC gaming. Morrowind was one of the first games I got into PC gaming, and you could do some really stupid shit with that because you can raise your athletics and your acrobatic skill to like a thousand. Well, you you can do that on the Xbox too. You just had to press the black and white buttons. Well, you could do. Um, there was like this little spell you could cast, and it would like raise all your shit up. Well, no, that's you can do that by making spells because you could. <laughs> no, create, that's what you did. Yeah, you could create spells in Morrowind, but yeah. you could refill your magic by doing combos like black, white, white, black. Yeah, that's AB. what it was. And then if you had it over the health, it would refill your health. If yeah. you had it over the magic, it would yeah. refill your magic. And you could use that to just refill your magic yeah. and your health all the time, which we used to do all the fucking time. That's one of the beautiful things about Morrowind is the whole idea of getting yourself into some shit you shouldn't be de- dealing with. They threw that out the window when it came to Oblivion and Skyrim. No, they whereas, definitely did. Whereas in Morrowind, you could be like, well, that's, you know, and they did that too. There is that kind of stuff in Oblivion and Skyrim where you'll be, you know, you go out and there's like a lake and then you go to this, you swim down in the lake and there's like a hatch and then you go in there and it's like a cave. And in that mm-hmm. cave, there's some bandits and they're like level fucking 50 bandits and they've got some treasure chest there that's got a badass sword in it and it's like you're not supposed to be there yeah but if you can finagle your way through there and get that sword out of that chest you're gonna be fucking you're gonna be in a good spot i didn't i didn't realize mike the liar was like apparently you're not supposed to run into that motherfucker what do you mean mike the liar yeah what do you mean you're not supposed to run into him like he, he just shows up randomly and and morrowind and oblivion and skyrim yeah. He's like a, like a, I don't want to say it's like a nonchalant character, but you run into him specifically if you do these certain things. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either, but I will tell you there's a quest in Marwin that is, it, you have to go out into the ocean and you have to swim straight down at a certain point in the ocean and you'll find a statue head. And you can talk to it, but you got to have the ability to breathe underwater. So you have to be an Argonian or you have to find the spell or a scroll yeah. so you can stay under long enough. You go down there, you find this, this, the head of the statue and it talks to you and, um, it tells you to find somebody to rebuild it or whatever. And then if you know where to go, there's a, there's a stonesmith in a certain village. You go to him, you talk to him, you convince him to rebuild the statue, you acquire the materials and all that for him. Which this is Marwin days, where it's like some handwritten notes in a journal. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, it was like literally like yeah. they'd be like, "How do you get to this dungeon?" It'd be like, "All right, you go down the path, you take a left at the big tree." Hold on, where was that at? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you're like, "Fuck, dude, I totally don't know what they were talking about." I'm what walking everywhere. Right. So yeah, so you figure yeah. this out, and then basically you get this dude to rebuild the statue, and then when you rebuild the statue, you get this badass sword. That's like a really badass sword. It's like one of the. I think it's one of the. Um, what do they call the Daedric, the Daedric items or whatever? Legend? No, it's not legendary. They're, I think it is legendary. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, I know legendary is a scale of weapon. Yeah. Like, as far as like your upgrading. Yeah. But I meant like I'm pretty sure they're just the Daedric weapons. Yeah, the like Daedric. The, um, you get the one from the guy in the lamp. Sure. Yeah. Or the necklace or whatever the fuck it was. I yeah, there's remember. that. There's like the Azure Star. Azure Star is like yeah. basically like a soul gem that never yeah. dies. Yeah. You can just constantly refill it. You don't have to worry about using it up or whatever. Yeah. Shit like that. But yeah, Marwin. Great I, did, I didn't. I didn't even know about it. You just. You just turned me on something there. Yeah, that's fucking wild. But on the subject of Indiana Jones, um, I really hope that 
one thing that uh, I, I really I really hope it's bad. You think it's going to be on rails? What do you mean? No, I think it's going to be very similar to the Wolfenstein games. And what's cool about the Wolfenstein games is that they are like, as far as on rails, it is a linear game. Right. But the levels are vast. Like it's like that open area vibe that you get from like maybe the Last of Us Part Two in the first Seattle area. Yeah, it's fresh on my mind, so it's, it's where I'm at. Where you have, you know, a goal, an objective within a level, but to where you how ha- how you want to get to that part in the level is very open ended. And like they pointed out, I don't know if you caught this, but they talked about how they were leaning because Machine Games is known for making shooters. And, like, they're focusing more on, like, all they've shown is that you get a pistol. Right. Like, you have your Indiana Jones revolver, and they said that you can, like, take a rifle from one of the enemies that you kill or whatever, but primarily you're using your whip. And that most of the game is about puzzle solving and stuff like that. No, that's what I took the most from it. And I was like, okay, so so we're kind of dealing with, uh, what's that one game you're not, like, totally into? It's right there. I, I can see the mask. Oh, you're talking about Dishonored. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. That's what it seemed like to me. It's like, you can sneak, you can do this, you can renegade. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if you play, like I said, that's very Wolfenstein. Yeah. That's very much how those Wolfenstein games were. Well, I always run and gun Wolfenstein, so I don't... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you you have the choice in the new ones. And specifically, what they did in Wolfenstein is that there's certain enemies that can call for reinforcements, the officers... So they incentivize you going in, picking off the officers, and then killing everybody else. That's what they did in Dishonored. Is that how they did it? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, again, but Dishonored is on this whole thing of like lethal, non-lethal, and all that yeah. shit, and I'm not into that. But what I don't, I do know that I don't, actually, I don't know that Dishonored, I don't think they really have puzzles in Dishonored. Uh, there, there were kind of. Whereas like, like this game is supposed to be leaning heavily. The puzzles, was, puzzles was more like story-based type shit. Yeah. This is like you go into a tomb and it's like yeah, you got to do the thing. Right. Well, but my whole point was what's interesting is that they're they're definitely going with open environments because they're doing like the Tomb Raider games where there's a lot of optional puzzles, mm-hmm. like optional like when like you tombs. go. Yeah, because in Tomb Raider and the Tomb Raider games, the new ones they the have reboots. They have tombs. Yeah, they have literal. And tombs. you can go in these little fucking areas. Yeah, those games are more open world ish. In that regard, because you stay like in the same area the whole fucking game, you just go from like area to area, like on an island. Or well, that's how you snow. find the tombs, and there's one that's like big ass. Yeah. Whereas shit. I feel like this will be like, oh, now we're in Egypt, and that Egypt map will be like this big ass map, and this is your goal, and that Egypt map is where you want to go. But then if you go off and explore off the beaten path, you can find treasures and shit like that, yeah. in, the, in the tomb or wherever the fuck, or in the pyramid or wherever the fuck, and you'll run into a puzzle, and it's not necessary for you to beat your head against the fucking wall trying to beat this puzzle but if you're one of those people that likes doing that kind of shit you got it you know what i mean and that way i feel like machine games is really good about balancing these kinds of things of having having the puzzles be the the challenge in those puzzles and like having that challenge for people that really want the challenging puzzles those being there it's kind of like the nintendo sensibility it's like they make their games accessible if you play through the main story of you know mario odyssey mario wonder you'd be like that game was kind of easy and it's like we'll go to the fucking yeah go go, go to the late other shit yeah like we'll now play this the special world or wherever the fuck and see what yeah. you think about that go jump rope dude right go get them yeah the thousand jumps or whatever the fuck they want you to do in odyssey odyssey did you ever do like no the, i didn't the final final nope. level dude it's nuts it's like a fucking it is a gauntlet it is a gauntlet. I might have shit. to pop it in the track. Dude, it is a fucking gauntlet. And it's nuts because they... Oh, you're talking about on the moon, dark side of the moon? 
It's the darker side. Yeah. Or which one is, is the dark side or the darker side one? That's the final one where it has the big crescendo at the end. That's the one I didn't do then. Yeah, that one's I like. I did everything else. It's like an hour long fucking Mario level. It's insane. Like the shit you have to go through. It's like, it's like the end, you know, like it's like those, uh, it reminded me a lot of like the end of like, like or like one of the uh, Bowser's dungeons or whatever from Mario sixty four. Yeah, where it just keeps going. Where yeah, you're going up all these platforms yeah. and paths, and then it's like I got to get across this weird shit. It's like that, but it goes on for like literally a fucking hour. Yeah, once, once I beat the dark side of the moon, I was like, yeah, done beat the game. Yeah. And then I found out that was that whole other thing. I was like, you know what? The darker side is like the real final. Level. Don't want to touch it. It's kind of like akin to it's. I don't think it's as difficult as, but like Champion Road, Championship Road from uh, Mario three D World. I didn't do that. Oh, dude, that one's a motherfucker. Like, that is so fucking difficult, man. Son of a bitch, that shit makes me... Like, and Sheree and I was playing that game, and we, we never got that far. That's the final final level. Like, you have to... It's the final level you unlocked as Championship Road, and it is, like... Just throws it all at you, man. It's like you think you're good at Mario. I remember watching, like, Cole sit down, like, I swear, for, like, two fucking days. For just hours so. hours on end, just sitting there trying to beat that shit, man. Well, that was the thing sometimes. about 3D World is you could play it multiplayer. Yeah. Kind of yeah. made it a little bit easier sometimes. Not on this particular level. This is one of those levels that, like, me being there or somebody else being there is just going to fuck you up because yeah. you just got to be, like, hyper-focused. You just took my platform, you piece of shit. Because yeah. it's one of those situations, too. I'm pretty sure it starts off with, like, the whole, these platforms. are The level is collapsing as you're going through it. So not only are you, like, trying to do all these crazy jumps and obstacles and all that, but you have no time. It's like if you're like on the new Super Mario Brothers, like if you're foot, like yeah, there's those levels yeah. like the purple coins or whatever. Yeah. The fuck, I remember that being pretty difficult. But yeah, one of those situations where like yeah, if you're but like the levels are falling away and then it just keeps going and going and there's like fucking Hammer Brothers throwing shit at you and it's just everything is strategically planned to just fuck you. And so you just gotta you just gotta be a total fucking Mario badass. Give well, fuck you, yeah. Mario Odyssey, classic. Right. Mario 3D World, also a classic. Yeah, I didn't get that far. Yeah. What's the what's the last one we're coming up at? Um, so the last one was Indiana Jones. That was it. Yeah, that was the last one in the Insider Direct. That was the big, the big cheese, the big crescendo was the big announcement. Because I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, the fact that they got deal, they yeah. got Harrison it Ford's likeness. And they've been talking about this game for a while, and everybody's kind of wondering like, what's going to go on. We're like, is it going to be a third person game? Is it going to be a first person game? How do you feel about it? Do you feel like it should have been a third-person game rather than a first-person? I, I don't know. I, w I won't know until I can play it, I guess. because well, they, yeah, The idea that they said that they that they wanted to make it first-person because they wanted you to be Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. You get that immersion. In that, in that same way when you're playing Corvo or you're fucking the Dovahkiin. Like, play it the way you want to play it. And that I don't I've never been a huge Indiana Jones fan, so I'll just go in there and I'm like, yeah, I'm Indiana Jones. That's probably how I'll play it. The Last of Us Part Two Remastered. The No Return DLC. You know what they call remastered. it No Return? Because you're never gonna return to it? No, I definitely will. Okay, I kind of wanted to we're going because you were playing it. You know, you said that you enjoyed it. You didn't do very good. No, I didn't I do very sucking. good either. But I, I um, see where they're going with it. Yeah. You were doing a lot better than I was. Yeah, I mean, I have more of an idea of, like, the flow of the game. Yeah. I've watched other people play it. And so I kind of knew, like, 
You know, like you want to grab your stuff, but not enough to like realize. I don't know what the fuck happened. And yeah, why were people just bursting in the fire? That was a weird thing. I don't. I don't know what. Yeah. That was all about. But I didn't pick our character, and so I didn't. I was read Ellie. That shit. I didn't read any of the gambits. Th- I don't know what the fuck. I think I that was that was the gambit. Is they just burst in the flames. Motherfuckers just burst the in the flames was. when I punch them. Yeah. The first time I was. Well, I thought that I thought I was hitting them. I was thought I was hitting them with alcohol. That's what you said. Like, and I was thinking you were saying like if the mo- the Molotov cocktail was in your hand and then you yeah. punch people with. Apparently, it, I was very break. wrong. No, yeah, you were definitely wrong because it was just something about like the way you hit them, but. I mean, it's fun. Like, I mean, going on the whole subject of the entire package, um, I haven't went into, there's a few things that are kind of like, I haven't went into the lost levels yet. That's what I'm more interested about. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to beat it first. I, uh, I, what I did is I, have you beaten it before? Yeah. Okay. And what I did was, is I went ahead and, um, imported my save file so I could get my trophies. And so when you first launch it, you can't actually access any of that stuff because they want you to beat the game first. That's okay. And so after I did that, obviously it unlocked the ability to do all that stuff. But I was saying, as I played through the last of us part one and then rolled into part two. That's what you said earlier. So I finished the, I finished the last of us part one, the night that, uh, the part two remake or remaster came out at 11. Cause and Damn, where we're you're at, really fucking, you're definitely hitting that midnight release. Well, yeah, they they do eleven o'clock on, in our in our time zone. Yeah, so it's at any time it's a midnight whatever digital release or whatever yeah. you can get it at eleven. So yeah, that's what I did. I rolled right into it, and so I, I do want to play like the additional stuff. Um, I was looking at the the documentary stuff. What's interesting about that is they have the developer commentary, which you could play through the entire game. From, with commentary on. With the commentary on, yeah. From That's the interesting. Yeah, so you can play the whole games. So they can like literally be like, oh yeah, this room, you know, we did this or whatever. It's like I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I haven't really fucked with it much yet. I need to though. I've done de- developer commentary on a few games and it's fucking neat. It's really neat because you'll find a note and they'll be like, oh yeah, this note, so-and-so wrote this. Yeah, remember like, fuck and, that guy in counting or whatever. The right, thing. yeah, that fucking douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of that kind of shit. But, um... I thought that was interesting, but what's interesting to me is that there's the the grounded documentary. So they had grounded, which was the making of The Last of Us Part One, mm-hmm. not the Part One remake, but the, the I think it was the PS4 remaster of The Last of Us. Well, the thing was the COVID shit. Apparently, what do you mean with Part Two? I'm talking about one. Well, what I was saying is that there was grounded Part One. I'm pretty sure was for the PS4 port i don't i don't don't. of the last of us but it was a making of documentary they made grounded 2 is a sequel to that documentary or whatever but it's not on it's not in the game there's just a trailer for it Uh, we watched that yeah i don't know if it's the same trailer or not i don't know but we did watch one of them we watched a trailer that they released on youtube for the grounded 2 documentary yes but I was, I mean, I under the wrong impression, apparently, that that would be in this Last of Us remaster. It's not at all? It's the trailer is there. That's it? That's it. Until you beat it, maybe, and then you unlocked it? No, it's not even out yet. The documentary has not been released Oh, yet. that's DLC. Sure. I don't think it's going to be, I think they're going to do what they did last time. It's just going to be on YouTube or whatever. You pay $10 for the game, pay us $40 to watch the documentary. Or watch it free on YouTube. Yeah, which is probably where it's going to end up. And I mean, they might patch it to where it's in the fucking the game and the extras menu or whatever. But right now, there's like a fucking extras 
and the the only thing in there is the lost levels, the commentary, and the trailer. And then they have the trailer for the grounded documentary, and then they've got like trailers from the game. You know what I mean? That you can watch like the original trailers. It probably has that the Sean uh Sean James trailer, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. <clears throat> but um as far as the graphics and all that go, I'm still playing it in the 30 FPS mode because I'm a weirdo. Well, that's what I would do. So but I just wanted the, that sharpness and the and the resolution because I just like it that way. But uh, you can definitely tell with the draw distance and all that. Everything is just, there's no pop-in. You know, when you're walking around, you don't see any pop-in at all, pretty much, mm-hmm. for the most part. So I think it's, you know, for 10 bucks, I'm not upset with it. You know, I wouldn't be mad about it at all because they're just like, hey, we we may up-res some textures and shit. Here you go. Here's some levels you didn't, you didn't get to play before. If you already own the game, 10 bucks tight so no return it was neat i enjoyed it um i'm probably jump back in and play it some more maybe after i finish the the single player campaign i'll say this um i did kind of enjoy it i I remember like the few instances i was in i was like oh i've been here before i've done this before was i playing it well no because i was just going in there i'm like oh yeah cool whatever i I didn't realize that they were like showing us at the top right of the screen this is your wave this is how many people you got i was just like yeah fuck you yeah i didn't realize that that until i saw you playing well okay i don't know what you did on the i know the first round you did i was in the bathroom but the first round you did was on hard did you do the second round on hard or did you? Yeah, I did. I did two on you hard. You did two hard rounds. Yeah, the other one was like moderate. maybe you need to change that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then I just did it on moderate, and I didn't do great. I never survived. I think I survived like three waves, but I never made it to the second area. Or did I make it to the second area on the last? You one? did. Yeah, and then I stopped playing because I was kind of annoyed because I felt like it bugged out. I don't know. It was really That's what weird. you said. It was weird because I know that there's. There are waves. Of, I don't know how many different variations there are, but there are waves where you're that you're not discovered, and you're just you can sneak around. And then there's other waves where they make you survive for a certain amount of time, where everybody knows where you're at, and they all come rushing at you. But the time they even got to me, I'd won. Yeah, and it was like the matter of seconds. It was like literally, I'm like, wait, another they round just started, a. and then boom, it's just like I won and I got an A, and I was like, what just fucking happened? Because I thought I don't know if. On the typical waves, on the rounds, it would have like a 15-second, 20-second break. And this one, I had people fucking shooting yeah, at me yeah, didn't have time. before even the wave ended. Like, I killed the last dude, and then there was already another person standing there. And then it was like, and it was saying, You're like, the ship, and then all boy. of a sudden it was like hunted on the screen, yeah. and, then, and then I won. I don't know. I think it had like a weird bug, which is, you know, totally fucking possible. But I got that A ranking, though, because I'm better than everybody. Well, you did. But yeah. Way yeah, better than I am. I'm excited about it. It's good stuff. Um, I didn't hate it. It's definitely going to be something that, like, I'm going to play sparingly, though, I think. One thing that I find interesting that I'm going to have to look into now, apparently, because I was saying before that I was more excited about this game, it's this game's roguelike mode, over uh, God of War Ragnarok's the Valhalla DLC, which is also a roguelike mode. And that shit's free, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's free. But it's just free DLC for God of War Ragnarok. Like, it's not like, it's not like an upgrade thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you have oh, the yeah, game, yeah, yeah. like, you get it, whatever. And if you bought, 
if you'd bought God of War Ragnarok on the PS5, you're paying the same amount as what you'd be paying for this. Mm -hmm. Because if you bought Last of Us Part Two for $60 on the PS4 and you paid $10 to upgrade it. And there's your 70, baby. And God of War Ragnarok is a game I had to pay $10 to upgrade. Because I bought it on the PS4. I put it in. I don't... I, I didn't look about upgrading it. Do you have a PS5 version of it? I think that's what I have. God of War Ragnarok? Yeah. Yeah, well, then why would you upgrade? Uh, well, that's what... You purchased it for $70. I'm saying no, I bought I, it... I didn't purchase it for $70. Or whatever. You purchased the PS5 version, which retailed for $70. Yeah. So whatever you paid for it, regardless. But I'm saying is I bought it digitally for $60 when it came out on my PS4. And then I wanted to play it on my PS5, so I paid $10 for the upgrade. Which, you know, it's whatever. It makes sense. But yeah, what I thought was interesting, though, is that a lot of people are saying that the that the last of us remaster the no return is actually nowhere near as good as the god of war ragnarok valhalla roguelike and that that ver that roguelike has a lot more to offer as far as like story which is obvious i didn't expect story out of this giving the game but the way they've integrated the roguelike into god of war is narrative based like it's not something in the menu that's like an additional mode. Mm -hmm. It's like this is a main part of the campaign that has implications to the greater story of God of War. And apparently, it's basically like Kratos going to therapy. And he's just dealing with his demons. He's dealing with his demons, which is an interesting concept because apparently they're bringing back people and things from the old series. Oh, that's that's because he's dealing with his yeah. demons. Yeah. Which go back to the originals. Yeah. Very interesting. So that that makes it more interesting to me as well. So I'm probably gonna have to pick that up and look at it. So hopefully as a person that was totally opposed to it. Oh, well, I wasn't totally opposed to it. I just said it's like, that, yeah, I don't give a shit about it. Well I was saying is that when it comes to the two roguelike that you just weren't uh, interested. I was saying I was more interested in the roguelike for The Last of Us Part Two because the combat is more compelling for me than the combat of God of War. And I'm still stick to that. But the fact that there's a, a story hook in the God of War Valhalla DLC. I felt like we knew that, but... No, I did, I but to know that it actually is pretty weighty and it actually has... It's pretty good. So, and I just to compare the two, it's like, when it comes to like brass tacks of like, is this fun? They're like, no return is neat. You have different characters you unlock. There's, there's meat to it. You know what I mean? Like there's things to unlock. There's reasons to play it over and over again, but it's more satisfying to play the Valhalla DLC because you get the story beats. You get a lot of callbacks. If you're a fan, like I said, there's supposed to be a lot of that cool shit. That's fair. So again, I'm going to have to check it out. Like I'm just going to check it out and see how I feel about that as well. Not saying I'm going to fucking beat it, but now that people are putting that kind of, you know, cred on it, I feel like it probably should check it out, considering it's free. All right. And I can just download it and check it out. You know, I mean, fuck, I paid $10 for this no return shit, basically. Kind of, you know, again, I just wanted to play a native PS5 version of The Last of Us Part Two. Like the loading times can't be fucking understated. It's crazy how fast it just jumps right in there. It's pretty quick, but... I feel like I remember when I was playing The Last of Us 2 on PS4, it was pretty quick as well. No, it takes about 40 seconds for it to load on there, where it takes like five on the PS5. Cool, man. 40 seconds. Yeah, that's close to a minute, man. You know what I'm not worried about? Mm. A fucking minute. Well. To me, that's fucking cool, man. I'm still living in the past generation. 
So you need every minute you got? No, I'm just saying, like, I appreciate the load times. I mean, dude, I don't know if you fucking have ever had a fast travel across the goddamn map when you're playing a game like Horizon because you got to go fucking turn in some quests. Now when you do that, you don't have enough time to fucking grab a drink of water or fucking do it. Yeah, I don't even know if that's like because apparently uh, whatever I was doing in Tears of the Kingdom, I just did all of that real quick and didn't realize I already did it. What are you talking about? When I was upgrading my fucking Sheikah pad or whatever they're calling it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're on yeah. that whole thing, yeah. Well, I already, I'd already done, and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. There's, like, literally one other thing I have to do, and I was like, you know what? It's not even that important. Yeah. I didn't even know I did all that shit. Yeah. I just kept talking to the bitch, and she was like, oh, Puripad, that's what it's called. I just kept talking to her. She's like, oh, you did this? You did it? Oh, cool. You gotta do this. Oh, oh. And I was just like, yeah, you already did that. You already did that. You already did that. I'm like, well, that's badass. Yeah. You still haven't upgraded your Puripad all the way. There's like literally two things. Hmm? There's literally like two things. No. I don't know about that. All right, fair enough. Don't give me any spoilers. I'm just telling you, there's more to that whole quest line. Especially if you're talking about talking to the chick. Because you have to travel to a fucking place far away to get the rest of the upgrades. And I don't think you've done that. I'm fairly certain I did. All I know is like everything kept unlocking except for two things. So maybe that's the one thing I haven't done. I you know what I you know what I've been enjoying doing the underworld shit mm -hmm. that's been real cool Depths. yeah that shit's yeah. fun you gotta get them light bloom seeds and just lob them motherfuckers I, around I don't even do that I'm just walking around just trying not to get black. into a little muck shit yeah you're not lighting her up while you're while you're down there throwing seeds so you can see where the fuck you're going I'm grabbing the pose you're just using the pose so you can see where you're going I'm I'm just know where they're at and I see the the muck shit is that purplish, whatever the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to step there. Yeah, but you're just like walking headfirst into the abyss. A lot, yeah. Like you're just, I'm just going to keep walking yeah. straight into the darkness. Pretty much. That's fun. That's fun. Well, I also have that, I got that like the first time I ever traveled down to the depths, that fucking tunic. It gives you a little bit of glow. Yeah. But you still can't see shit that's down in front of you. That's fine. You can't be like, oh, there's a thing over there, unless there's a like a root. Yeah, or you shoot like an arrow thing. Yeah, I haven't done that since I first got down there. Yeah. Um, what I'll do a lot is I'll just scan and look for a root because it glows orange, and I'll be like, oh, there's a fucking root way over there, and just beeline straight to yeah. the root, and just pray to God that there's not just some stupid fucking like, you know, whatever fucking corrupted Lionel or some shit. Oh, I haven't found that yet. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of shit. I Oh, just wait. There's shit down there that will survive. I'm ready for that. That ain't shit. A corrupted Lionel is like a fucking joke to some of the shit you'll run into down there. No, that kind of reminds me of like, um, what's beautiful about that is it reminds me of like the Ocarina of Time, like when you start to get like into the dark world aspect of that kind of shit where it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Breath of the Wild is all like, yeah, Ganon fucked up the world and there's bokoblins and shit everywhere kind of trying to make their home and you're going to kick their ass or whatever. But then it's like, you get down there and you're like, oh, this is where all the really dark evil shit's at. All right, this makes sense. Yeah, I'll fight, <laughs> I'll fight whatever the big block thing is. and Yeah, those, the, whatever the, what do they call those? The Colossuses or something? Something like that. And I'll just take that fucking brick that falls out and just put it on a stick and just yeah. like kill people. Yeah, you can get the grindy gears yeah. off those fuckers too. Yeah, I mean, the problem that you'll run into down there is that they do the gloom damage shit. Mm-hmm. And so they'll hit you, and then you can't refill your health. 
That's what the sunflower things are for, right? If you have them. If I you have, have a enough shit ton of them. Well, you will. You will until you start fucking around down there and you fight harder motherfuckers and you use them all. And then you just got to go back to the fucking, because you can only get them on the sky islands. Yeah. And you got to go loot them motherfuckers and then, yeah, go from mm-hmm. island to island. Yeah. That's a good time, too, is like whenever you unlock one of the towers and it unlocks the sky region map. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's a fucking island way over there. I got to get over there. You know, like building the set to get the the mask and all that shit. And you're like. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's really cool about that game that I'm going to spoil for you real quick. Because nope. fuck you. Nope. Nope. Is, um, and this uh, might be in Breath uh, of the Wild. Uh, I don't know. But it's something I didn't realize until Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, but you know, some of the special abilities you get with some of your items, uh, your gear. Uh, 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 they actually evolve like the upgrades like for example like the um i'll just give you a spoil for that the windsuit thing Mm -hmm. if you get all three pieces and upgrade them all the way you don't take fall damage anymore i didn't know that that's cool though yeah and i think they made it where if the zora gear if you upgrade it all the way you can swim forever shit like that that's rad yeah and that's something that's a spoiler i don't know but I, i just don't know that if it's in breath of the wild or not I can't remember. I, I've never, I never upgraded like my Zora gear. I can't think of anything. Else yeah, I, I took way. everything to the Great Fairy, and so I don't know. I don't, I don't remember if I could swim forever. But no, I don't think I just, I don't think I ever took the time to upgrade the Zora gear all the way. And you also have to all, all three pieces. And yeah, I remember and like, rupees were also a lot easier to get in this first one. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And like I said, like selling items is less of a thing because you're using everything. You're like, well, I don't want to sell these fucking rocks because I might want to attach them to a fucking something and fuck right. something up, you know? It's a good time. I hold on to my dragon scales, too. Yep. So, our final topic for today is a, one that's near and dear to my heart and apparently four million other, or five million other fucking people over the last three days. Um, As of... What's it called? Called Pal World. So, I found out about this, I guess it was two days ago now at this point, no. One of the railers in the bar was talking to me about it. He was like, dude, have you heard about this? I was like, no, I haven't. And he was like, dude, this is like sick as hell, blah, 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 blah. Like, he hasn't paid the $30 to get it on Steam or whatever. Apparently, it's free on Game Pass, all this It's a shit. preview, but I don't know if it's not only a preview on Steam as well. I don't know. Well, he's saying that the company that made it also had another game that came out that apparently they haven't completed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, so that's where he was like, yeah, I don't know. Um, But I watched you play a little bit of it. it looked pretty rad. I'm not a Pokemon guy. But I could probably I could probably get into that. Yeah. You and your buddies can go out. You got these monsters. I got these monsters. Let's ride. Yeah, like, let's go fuck it. Because there's, yeah. there's towers throughout the world that are like gyms. And, like, I've beat the first tower in that region mm-hmm. it's like part of the tutorial that's the last thing they want you to do in the tutorial is go fight that gym and but it's it's interesting because it's like it's it kind of has that pokemon vibe you 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 have your party which i have six people in the party you throw out your dudes but then you're back like firing arrows or coming in and stabbing them with your spear or whatever but it's like a straight up boss battle like the enemy will do like aerial attacks you'll do a fucking uh, an aoe attack you'll do like a you know what I mean? Like, and you got to like tell, they'll telegraph their moves mm-hmm. and you got to get Dodge out of the way and all that. And it's got that kind of frantic action game thing going on, but you're also like managing your party of these pals 
And then you have, what's interesting about the pals is that they'll have skills that you can utilize in your camp. So if you have like a garden, if you want uh, that to be automated, you have to have a pal that has the ability to plant. And then you have to have a, a, a pal that has the ability to water. And then you have to have a pal that's available to gather. You know what I mean? And like, they have I, to I have know, those, yeah. they have to have I those as their sure. skill abilities. And then, so you, that's what incentivizes the upgrading of the pals. That's what incentivizes finding new pals because you want them to be like, Oh, this motherfucker has the ability to mine, you know? And so now you can build like a little mining spot. Well, it'll mine all the rocks around you in your camp area, but you can also build these like permanent plots where they can just mine stone from. And like, they'll just go there and just work on the mine forever. But say you're like, you got a level one dude at the mine. And then now you found some new pile that has a level two and the mining skill. And so, you know what I mean? That's what the incentive of mm -hmm. doing that. And I think, I don't know a hundred percent. It's probably something we could easily Google search, but I'm not going to, is that I don't know that they naturally like evolve like Pokemon do when they reach like a certain level. Yeah, but I do have yeah. what seems to be very clearly multiple evolutions of the same pal, because I had this little penguin dude, and then I got another dude that was a it was a thwack, which was basically just fuck with an A in there, mm -hmm. and then I have a ping king, or pin king or whatever, which I think is I don't know if that that second one is an actual middle evolution of the two, but that it seems very clear that the penguin little penguin dude evolves into the ping king at some fucking point. Yeah. Because an interesting, cool thing about that game is open world. It's kind of got the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom sensibilities that you can climb anything, you know, do all that stuff. It's all based on stamina, you know. So if you want to swim across that lake, you can do that, but you've got to make sure you have enough stamina or you'll drown on your ass yeah. on the way over there. But you can also um, invest in tech to where you can, like, put a saddle, like, on a, on a water-type pal that you happen to be able to ride and now you can just ride him across the lake. You know what I mean? Like, I have a, a bird, this giant fucking bird pal. I forget his name. It was like Nighthawk or some shit like that. I forget what the fuck his name is. But apparently, when like the later, I want to say it's like maybe close to like level 30 or maybe a little bit earlier than that, you can unlock a saddle for it. And then once you unlock the saddle for it, you can fly it around. So the interesting, the, the topic of this, this thing is that this shit sold 5 million copies in three days, which is just absolutely that's, insane. That's sold not even the free shit. Yeah, that's like not including the Game Pass mm -hmm. downloads. I don't know. I don't know what those, yeah. Because here's the thing, and this is what I do know. You're talking about, like, I don't, I, don't, I know that as on the Game Pass version of it, it's listing it as a preview. Now, the Steam version, I haven't even looked to see how it's titled. I don't know if it's a preview as well, but I do know that the Steam version is a more complete version of the game. And that one, I've heard that the Xbox version currently on Game Pass has some like significant bugs, and I've seen them. I showed you that one. When I load my save oh, file, good, yeah. it loads me as a different character, and then anytime they walk, they T-pose, but then after a few seconds, that your character pops in, and everything's fine at that point. There probably is a bunch of other technical hiccups and stuff like that. I've only beat the first region, or at least the first tower in that first region. But um, the, the biggest uh, thing about that is the multiplayer. That as of right now on the Xbox and Game Pass, you can only have up to four people in a server. Whereas on the Steam version, you can have like a thousand or some shit. It's like, so there's obviously it's more fully realized and fleshed out on the Steam version. So I don't know. I was trying to figure out how do you cross play that? 
Um, I don't know if they have the ability to crossplay right now, but I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they're doing crossplay yet or not. Um, I know that ultimately they'll have it. I'm sure. I'm 99% positive, especially crossplay between PC and Xbox. Like mm-hmm. that's just because we're not even. They have they have stated that they currently have no plans to release it on the PlayStation. Well, here's what I do know. This game is apparently like breaking fucking records. It sold five million copies in three days. Well, it's not it's not just about that. It's like the the player base, all that shit. It's like active people playing it. Yeah. Like it's it's doing crazy numbers. Yeah. And I mean I get it. It's addicting as shit. I tried I just tried I was gonna try it out just to see because I'm like, well, it does sound kind of cool. Like I do like I like the idea of Pokemon. I just hate that the fucking Pokemon company sucks and can't make a fucking good game to save their life these days. And then these guys had to come out of here and be like, this is how it's done, which I did see a funny meme that uh, um, Nintendo, it's like Nintendo being pissed off because they can't go after Power World because it's admitting that the their games are about slavery because Power World is very open about it. Mm-hmm. it's literally fucked up like you're like you just taking these people you can you can catch a person in a fucking pal sphere and it literally tells you in the thing like this is an inhumane thing to do but then once you take them and you like you can assign them to your camp and like they get to work man like they get to work and they, I, I i almost want to do it because it's kind of like i don't know if there's a dark and a light path through this fucking game but I know that there are slight repercussions from my, from what I heard you, you, if you do that to somebody, they tell you it's a bad thing to do and then you'll get like a wanted level and then the cops will come and they'll kill you and then, but you can just go back and get your shit because it's a survival game. As long as you go back and get your gear, you'll get, you keep all your shit. And then at that point your wanted level is gone and you still have the human as your slave basically. But I, well, my interesting thing about it is because the, some pals have, you know, the ability to water shit. Some pals have um, the ability to craft things. And that's where things get fun because you'll set it up and be like, okay, you go to the crafting table and you're like, I need, I need 150 arrows. And then so you have all the gear, to, all the scrap to make it. And then you just start the assign it and then you walk away. And then that pal that has that ability will go up there and he'll just sit there and just make arrows forever. Like literally just sit up there and just start like chip chipping up arrows. Same thing with cooking. If you get a fire type that can do the um I think they call it kindling, then they can cook things for you. And so if you have a fireplace, you can cook food at the fireplace. And then so you can just be like, Hey, I got all these mushrooms or the berries. That's a big one because I got berries growing. And so I can just be like, Hey, I just need you to roast berries forever. And then so I just keep loading this dude down with more berries to roast. Literally all you need. That's all the dude does. He just sits there and roasts berries all fucking day. But yeah. No, I think it's going to be a really good game. I mean, obviously, you know, the 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 exciting part about it is I, I'm a little leery. I'm still a little worried that like, even with all the money that they've made off of it, that one day Nintendo is going to be like, yep, fuck you. And it's going to get shut down. I don't know how they're going to pull it off. Like, I, I I don't know how the fuck they got away with it, to be that honest. That point just depends on like how, how, what are you doing? Ripping shit off. So right now we can say it's not a blatant ripoff because there are the these other aspects. The what what sounded to me like a blatant ripoff is when when my friend Kevin was like, "Yo, they got like a Gyarados." Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Is that at. fucking shit? That's what I'm getting. Yeah. At. 
And like literally, like you said, like is that a butterfree? And it's like yeah. it's it's called a cinnamoth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like a lot of these names are literally like leaning into Pokemon names. And I like I have a fucking a little monkey dude. I forget the name of the little monkey dude that's from um oh. I want to say it's Sword and Shield. I forget what his name is. But yeah, they're like the the character designs are like fucking just way too close. And my point is is that they they wanted to make a game that showed it was like, oh, this is Pokemon with guns or whatever, and that got people's attention. And then all the media coverage because people were like, how are they pulling this off? But then the people were like, conceptually, this sounds cool as shit. Watching that trailer, this looks cool as shit. And it's like, okay, well, it seems like somebody did the work for them. Like somebody was like, hey, this is how you make a fucking cool ass game that would sell billions of copies, Nintendo. So I what I'm hoping is that even if one, I hope I I mean, I, I hope that Nintendo just fucks off with like trying to pursue anything against these people and they just let them make the game. And since it sold as many copies as it has, they clearly have the financing to really flesh and polish this fucking game to make it a fucking, a badass, you know, 10 out of 10 possible fucking game. Or say Nintendo did come along tomorrow and be like, fuck you and shut it down. At least now that they've already sold 5 million copies of it. I don't know how that goes as far as refunds having to refund people the money from what they've made off of it. Yeah. But maybe even if that did happen, I feel like the hype that's behind it, that they would definitely get funding to make their own version of it and make them just like characters that are less Pokemon like, because I wouldn't give a shit at this point what they look like. I just love the gameplay concept. Cause the idea of like that whole concept of there being a hundred plus monsters or whatever and pals or whatever in the world that you can see in the world map you're like walking around you you're crossing the ocean you're like the fuck is that that looks different and you roll over there oh that is a new one and then you just like shoot the fuck out of with an arrow or stab it with your stick until it gets weak enough you throw your pal sphere at it and then you catch the motherfucker and you're like hell yeah let me see what skills this motherfucker's got you're like oh shit it's got this level too i gotta warp back over to my base and replace this piece of shit because he's only level one, you know what I mean? And then you swap him out and now you're getting more resources being generated at home. And it's just that loop, man. And then going out and doing the breath of the wild type exploring. Cause you know, you get excited about these eggs because eggs are like a good way. You can get like high level pals that would be difficult for you to catch because they would be like, you know, higher than your level, but you can get like, I got that pin queen or pin queen or pin pin king which is like that seems to be the highest evolution of that penguin little dude. That little penguin dude could like water plants and he could do some other stuff. Whereas the pin king has like more skills even so than that. And so when I found that blue egg, like a large blue egg, I was like, oh shit, this is like a water egg. I found a frost egg. I found a, a verdant egg. I found like a fire egg. And when I'm hatching in them, I'm getting pals that you're not going to, that I'm not seeing on the world map in the region that I'm at at least. Cause you know, if you step out of that region, there's, there's, there's bosses in those regions. And then if you step out, you'll be like, oh fuck them. Like I'm way under leveled where I'm at. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it's, it's crazy. Like it's a good time. Like I, I definitely will get back into it. I'll, I'm definitely gonna be playing it. I don't know how far this preview goes though. I kind of expected it to end after I beat that first tower, but it didn't, but yeah. Like, well, you're still here. You're still here and you're in it. Well, I, yeah, I was just very surprised that they, I was, you know, when I heard preview, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to let me play for a couple hours or 
let me play through the first region. I was expecting it to just end at the tutorial ending. And then I beat that boss at that tower and I was like, oh fuck, like it's just going to let me keep going. And now because the way it is with the, with you beat that tower and it's very open-ended, there's no, there's no more instruction or tutorial. It's like you get a message, the towers are the key. And then there's towers all over the fucking map. And then you see them, you can see them off in the distance. And so it's just about, you know, breath of the wilding your way over there and exploring the regions on your way over there. And apparently like, there's like villages and shit like that. I haven't seen any. I found a small settlement, but there was nobody there. And so I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be like villages with like, because I have uh, money and I've yet to find anybody that I can buy things from. Um, I do kind of like the action-based shit. I liked, I liked everything I saw. Um, am I going to pay $30 for it? I don't think I would. Once again, that goes back to my friend Kevin, who put me onto it prior to knowing it was on the dock, he's like, "Yeah, well, apparently they had this other game they were did shit for, and they never finished that game. So it's like, is this? Even though it looks like fully fleshed out, kind of, and it's like, well, is it done? Like, especially, like I said, especially the Steam version. Yeah, like it seems like the Xbox version is in a much worse state than the Steam version. That being know. said, I couldn't put the shit down." Like, I don't want to put the shit down. I want to keep playing it. I kind of want to wait until the preview version is over, until it's the full-fledged version, just to kind of iron out that jank. But I don't know if I'm going to have that will that yeah. willpower. If they're going to let me keep playing the shit, if they let me play the game 100% in this preview, like, pff, I might do it, man. That's all I got to say about Power World. And uh, that's well, all I have to say in general, really. So we're going to go and wrap this episode up. We're going to call it quits. Was that episode six? Did we do it? We're going to hang it the fuck up. And yes, this was episode six, Nate. Glad you could join us for this one. <laughs> really, it's really nice to have oh, you here. Shit, yeah. Um, episode six. Woo. But anyways, yeah, we're going to wrap this episode up, guys. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. But it's been real fun. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, have a good one. We had a good laugh. See you on the next one. Bye. Peace out.